BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Before we get started to address Maniac, Howie Roseman doesn't wear briefs. He wears his old lady's thong. Big Sills! <laughs> Happy holidays to you. Let's get it going here. That's the way you get it going. How you doing? Holy cow, man. Oh, yeah. This, you know what? I have never seen a football team that's 10 and 4 give Big Sills as much content on a daily basis hey screw the giant game whether they win it or not this is more entertaining this is massive content this is massive content i gotta tell you man listening to bozo siriani now for some of you out there you don't know who bozo the clown is he was his clown back in the day when i was a kid this is years ago And he used to have a television special, and it was Bozo the Clown Hour. And every time Nick Sirianni gets in front of him, and by the way, Nick Sirianni is so bad behind a mic. Holy cow, this guy will give you the Beatitudes on a question. He'll lay everything. I'm like, you know, Belichick is not great behind the mic, but at least he's not great and he doesn't say anything. This guy, this Bozo goes over everything. He is a... His new name to me is Bozo Sirianni. Okay? Bozo Sirianni. And let me put some context to this. So let me get this right here. Nick Sirianni in a press conference came out today. Or yesterday. And he said this. We're doing basically the same shit we did a year ago. You know, the numbers will dictate that. We're not really doing anything different. So are you blaming the players? It's got to be them, not us. We're doing the same thing. It's these guys that turn the ball over. It's the quarterback. Who who are you blaming, Nick? Nick goes, hey, don't blame Brian Johnson. He's doing a great job. Don't blame me. We're doing the same stuff. There's no accountability in the room. Why? That makes me know nothing's going to get better because they don't believe that they have a problem. There's not a chance. And this will be a five-win team in two years. Totally true. You're not going to get better. You actually believe in two years from now you're going to be in a Super Bowl? (laughs) According to the coach, it's the player's fault. We're doing the same shit. 
I mean, look at this. I'm going to show you something here. See, to me, it's the coaches. They suck out loud, and they lie out loud. And Bozo Sirianni is the head rooster in the hen house. So Jalen Hurts will have career attempts, career completions, career passing yards, career touchdowns. DeAndre Swift will have career carries, career yards, career touchdowns. A.J. Brown will be the first wide receiver in Philadelphia Eagle history. Listen to me now for some of you that are dense. Wide receiver to have over 100 catches in a year. Okay, I know some of you are dumb as a box of rocks. Wide receiver. He will be the first wide receiver to have 100 catches in your franchise's career. That's 115 he's trending to. He'll have all-time receiving yards, 1596. Devontae Smith, this will be the second year in a row he's going to go over 90 catches. This will be the second time in three years that he's had 1,000 yards and receiving, 1162. And he'll have a record for touchdowns. All these guys are having career years. You see, Nick is what I and Jimmy Johnson call a guy who likes to put numbers up and a guy who doesn't see that putting the numbers up, now that they've caught you, and now that you haven't evolved as a play caller, there's no coincidence when Steichen left. Steichen would have evolved the offense. Nick can't. He's not a very good play caller. And you got a not very good play caller, and he's proven. And get this. This is not a theory. We've seen it when he had the play calling at two and five. He's not good. Shane saved that franchise and Hurts and elevated Hurts. He leaves the building. There's no coincidence that Jalen Hurts leads the NFL in turnovers. And they're telling him where to throw the ball. Can I tell you why last year was more successful? Shane had a feel for the offense and for Hurts. And he knew where to go with the ball because you know what he does? And I hear everyone. Missing this point. Why is it so important this year for the Eagle offense and the coordinator, the head coach, to have Jalen Hurts make the hard pass versus the easiest pass? That was a great example when they tried to force that ball into Devontae or um, A.J. Brown and Devontae was wide open underneath. Why would you make Jalen Hurts throw a low percentage pass when you had a guy wide open this is what they're doing now in Buffalo to Josh Allen. Why not make the easier pass? Why is it why is it compelling to you to have to try to make the difficult pass? Why? Why do you want to do that? There's easy passes all over. When you look at the 22, they were wide open. They're telling Jalen where to throw the ball. That's why he's not and you, by the way, he went as far as he could because now all the defensive guys, shit, you got guys sitting at home playing Madden going, oh, here's the play for the Eagles. Dude, you telegraph it from a guy sitting on his couch eating Fritos. You're not going anywhere. Not a chance in hell.
It's not getting better. And, and, and explain this to me. Hey, Nick, why do you feel compelled to have to explain yourself and explain a bad play call and try to justify it? That last play, just say it didn't work. It's simple. Why do you feel, you know why he's sensitive and at the end of the day, he's being attacked, his football knowledge is being attacked. And right now, they feel they have to justify what they're doing to people. That's insecurities. All you had to say was, hey, the player didn't get it done. I didn't get it done. I didn't get it done. Player didn't get it done. It was a bad call. We'd like to have that back. What's wrong with that? That's a press conference one night I'd like to hear. Starts with me. No shit, dude. Tell us something we don't know. Dude, Jermaine, it's not a one-read quarterback. They're telling them where to go with the ball. I do not believe that Jalen Hurts doesn't see Devontae Smith wide open underneath. I do not believe that. He did a year ago. He did a year ago. I I do not believe that. I think they're telling him where he has made more tougher throws. Is it, do you fear, do do you agree with me that they have asked Jalen Hurts to make more tougher throws this year than they have in the last two years. Almost every throw is a high percentage turnover throw. Do you not agree? That A.J. Brown play was a prime example of that. And here's something else Bozo Sirianni put out there. So let me get this right. This bozo coach actually got in front of a microphone and and, and Tone, correct me if I'm wrong on this because I'm going to kind of paraphrase it here. Desai is making the defensive game plan and he's putting the game plan together. It's his. Patricia's going to be the play caller. You got too many cooks in the kitchen. So wait, you got a guy making a game. This is exactly what's going on on offense. They expose themselves to you. People are making the offensive game plan. And Brian Johnson, it isn't his fault. It's just following orders. You think they're going to do one thing different on one side of the ball fundamentally and organizationally? And they're going to do one thing different? That is a fundamental decision on how you go and put a game plan together. So get this. This is what they do on – I now know what they do on offense. Nick talks too much. I said it before. Dude, this guy – he overexplains, and then he puts his foot in his mouth. And this guy, again, he exposes what he does in the organization, what they do. 
So get this. Now, let me ask you here. Think about this for a second here. Sean Desai is going to put the game plan together. And Matt Patricia is going to be the play caller. Now I know when Nick says, this is my game plan. Brian Johnson's the play caller. That's what you have here. Last year, it was Shane Steichen who was the play caller. And Shane Steichen proved to be a star play caller. You don't ha- you have a training wheels play caller and a bad coordinator. You think they're doing one thing different on one side of the ball to the other? Look at how many people you have making decisions for your offense and defense. You have no clarity. You have zero clarity. Joe Brady calls that offense. Sean McDermott's not calling that. Josh Allen is, he is the most unguardable player right now in the league. All he needed was direction. Look at him. There's not a better quarterback in the NFL right now than that guy. And they've, I think they fixed him. He, he looks insane great. Because they have a person that understands how to win ball games, not just put up giant numbers. Okay, this guy, is, this guy has gone, it looks like Brian Dable again. Yeah, but Barb, McDermott's not good. At least he knows it. And he turned it over. Hey, I'll say this. Joe Brady may have saved Sean McDermott's job. And the organization is going to look at that at the end. Hey, he made the right call. He got rid of Dorsey. That's what a head coach does. He excludes himself from the conversation when he's not qualified. Your coach is a bozo. He's a bozo. These press conferences, and by the way, your pathetic Philadelphia media, some of them, making excuses for what Nick maybe thought that he should have said and he didn't mean that the other day with the pass interference. He's a freaking bozo. Stop doing that. I know it's desperately important for you to have your lunch at the Novacare Center. And I know you don't really like getting calls from Bob Lang and them dudes. Really? You compromise your own integrity on how you cover the team by saying something dumb? It's so pathetic. I mean, you can't look at what you're watching. Or how about a week of lies? Now, this is a week of, you know, do you know what Bob Lang and the entire PR department for the Eagles and the Eagle coaches are doing? They're in their hazmat suits, okay? They're in their hazmat suits right now, and they're in Chernobyl cleanup because of what's been going on. The problem is the core's still leaking. And they got to somehow try to divert away from what's going on. 
It's important. They got to do. Hey, mark my words. There'll be something that they'll try to do to divert away from this conversation and the heat that Nick has on him. You see, there's two people that don't have heat on them, Howie and the owner, and they're the ones causing this. And this does go back to 17. Actually, 20. 2020. When the battle for power in the organization came to a head. Okay, this is the 2020 stuff. Doug wanted one thing. How he wanted another. And the owner had to come in and make a decision. You know why Jeffrey Laurie will always side on Howie Roseman's side? Because he controls his wallet. And that's why you shopped at the dollar store for your defensive football players. Because the owner wants to have high-powered offense. That's why they're forcing Hurts to throw high-percentage turnover plays. They want it chucked down the field. You should have just hired Bruce Arians. No risk it, no biscuit. That's what you basically have here is no risk it, no biscuit. Okay? Here, here. And and know this. You know, people can get mad at me all you want. You're, you got a bozo coach, meddling owner. And no wonder you've underachieved. That organization with the players that you've had in that building, you should have four Super Bowls. Easy to see why you don't. Get in your own way. You shoot yourself in the foot, and that's why you've underachieved. Baltimore's a better franchise than you. They've won more. Pittsburgh will always be. One Super Bowl in 30 years with the coaches that you've had in the building and the meddling that you've had in the building has stopped you from being successful. I mean, I've never seen a week of lies and then this week. This guy's a bozo. He's the worst coach you've had since Chip Kelly. At least in telling the truth. At least Chip Kelly was an asshole, and you knew it. This guy tells you one thing and does another and lies to your face every day. Every day he lies to you. Do you really believe anything that comes out of those press conferences? Do you? Not a coach worth his weight would take that eagle job. That's why they hire stiffs. Give, I'll, I'll give I'll give Roseman this. Structurally, they know how to put a team together, but they won't know how to win the game again. He fell into dude, ninety percent Doug, ten percent Howie, and it's continuing to trend. Pretty soon, it's going to be all Doug. You had to fire him because you know what? You can't have a symbol of authority in the building. You see, Doug and Andy Reid were the symbols of authority. They had to get them guys out of there so that they can have complete control. Once Steichen and Gannon left, they grabbed complete control and they're ruining a quarterback right in front of your eyes with lies, bullshit, 
justifying a bad get get this so you justify a bad play why how about this even if you some of you in here hate me it's okay i don't care i just care you watch justify sirianni justifying himself that the last play of the game was a good call and they're good with it justify it go ahead Justify it. And let me let me let me throw something else at you here. You think Doug Peterson could go to Chicago and turn Chicago around? Like, or Nick Sirianni could go to Chicago and turn the Bears around? Like Doug has turned Jacksonville around? It's gonna be a slow putt down there. It's been decades of shit football and shit decisions and personnel. How many years has the Jaguars had the number one pick or the top five picks in the draft? Two decades? It's going to take time to turn that thing around. But he's trying to win his second division title. I'm going to flat out tell you here. Um, You got a bozo for a coach. You get a bozo. And they're blaming the, the Sirianni blamed the players. And now you have Jalen Hurts coming out, and what's the phrase you want to use? Clarifying? Why? Did the PR department make him do that? Hey, we need you to clarify what you said. Why? I don't have to do that. You don't like it, Bob? That's tough shit. So you're telling the quarterback what to say now? that you had to clarify it. Jalen Hurts doesn't owe any clarification when he calls someone out because now, get this, no disrespect, Jalen, when you called someone out Sunday after the game, now it loses its meaning with your apologies and your backtracking. And on top of that, you're cowering to the organization so you could clarify yourself. Now it means shit. That's not leadership. That's being a follower. You might want to grow into being a better leader than that. When you say something, know the moment, okay? Because it has impact at the moment, not 18 days later. Try being a better leader. Try being more assertive. Stick to your ways. Stick to your guns. Stick to your guns. You completely have lost credibility yourself. They made you lose credibility by apologizing. Or what's the code word for apologizing? Clarifying. Jesus criminy, man. When you say something that you're hoping to have an impactful comment to that will shake the room up, don't be afraid of what you said. Stick to your gun, son. You completely have lost your credibility there. It seems that the quarterback and now Bozo Sirianni is losing credibility everywhere. Now, maybe this is Jalen learning because you know what's going to happen. And I mean this with all my heart. Jalen Hurts is going to be Doug Peterson soon. And he's going to start fighting. 
he's going to start fighting back because Bozo Sirianni's not. Jalen's going to start fighting back. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. And then you know what you're going to get? You know what else I'll say? I heard Rob on with uh, Tone. They were talking about Wentz and they're two different situations. They are. I don't believe that the organization and the PR department and the people in the PR department weren't sending out false intel on Wentz and spreading false news and fake news about Wentz in the locker room. I I don't believe that they didn't do that. I'm not saying Carson has great character, but I don't believe that they didn't have anything to do with it. Shit, you ran Doug out of the building and you sabotaged his last year in Philly. Why wouldn't you sabotage Wentz? Control. You, you'll, you, some of you will believe anything. My God almighty, what kind of sports talk people have you been listening to for 30 years? I hear people sometimes go, no, it can't be the coordinator. Really? It can't be the organization. Guys, why? You trust them? So, yeah, God-fearing guy in uh, Carson Wentz. They called him a cancer. And what, you just think that the Eagles didn't do anything to stop that? They didn't do anything to hide that comment. They didn't tell people on the radio to stop saying that. Bob Lane controls everything. They wanted that narrative out on him. And what? And I'm going to get to a topic here in a minute. You, you'll buy anything. That, these last two weeks have been very entertaining. I, who do you play again? Oh, that's right. You got the Giants. It's unbelievable. I cannot believe it. <laughs> you still got three games left. You know what? It really doesn't matter at the end of the day here who you're playing. Because you, you, you've, you've got to, and I don't know you can. You have low self-esteem right now. You have very little character. And you have very little poise. And you've melted down. Just watch an interview. Go ahead, just watch one. And I'm sure some of you will see something completely different than me because many of you do. That's okay. I've talked this way for two years. And I really did think that they were going to put quality people behind Hertz. Because you know why? We gave him the benefit of the doubt in 22. That's gone, Hoss. You're the same. You're the, you're the same. Draft guy, I thought you were horrible. You're the same. You're the only thing you're good at is being the CPA. You're a great deal constructor. You know how to move money around, and you rob Peter to pay Paul. Okay. Jesus, Grimini, you believe anything. 
Here, now let me do this because I was kind of expanding on it a little bit. Let's get to the topics. Hey, brotherly love, 215. You're winning because of the – hey, you're winning because of the character that you have in the locker room. Your lack of character is coaching and organizationally. They think they know better. It's why you have one Super Bowl and you fell into it. Thank God you had Doug. You think if Nick Sirianni's the head football, get the, let, me, let me ask you this. You think if Nick Sirianni's the head football coach of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, they win it? Do you think the coaching staff that you have right now, if they were the head coaches and coordinators of that 17 team, do you think you win the Super Bowl? Do you? Okay, well, let's do this. If you had all those coaches in 17, 11 months ago, do you win that Super Bowl in Arizona? It's simple. It's simple. Here's the topics. Has the organization lost the locker room again? Have they lost the locker room again? I mean, I heard Tone say it, it's similar to the stuff with one. It totally is. History repeats itself. Behavior in adversity repeats itself because it exposes who you are. They'll start blank. Get this. If they lose one of these giant games, don't, God forbid, you lose the Ganning game. There will be finger pointing everywhere. And get this, if they lose one of the giant games and they get bounced in the opening round, Nick Sirianni next year will be on the hot seat. Because you know what they'll come out and say? Hey, we got a really great team. We just don't have the right guy. And the record won't matter. Won't matter. Just won't matter. Have they lost the locker room? Let me say you why I think they have. Ask yourself this. This is what they're trying to convey to you. That last week they had told Sean Desai that he was no longer going to be the play caller. And he got up in front of everybody. And so basically, he had to lie to everyone. Did Nick go to his team and his coaches and everyone in the organization and say, hey, look, let's not leak this out, but we're doing this. And we need you to lie all week. So just when anyone asks you a question, 
just lie. What up, brother maniac? I mean, what coach has credibility when you're asking your players and staff to lie for the guys upstairs? What kind of coaching organization is that? What kind of business is that? When the bosses above lie to the employees every day they're in the building. Hey, they sabotaged and smeared Wentz, and they smeared Doug. Did they not? Nick Sirianni yesterday, not my fault. We're doing the same shit we did a year ago, and we're going to continue to do it. Nothing's wrong here. Nothing's wrong here. Really? Again, all I'm asking you to guy to do is do this for me. All you need to know about Bozo Sirianni. Why are you defending a play that everyone knows was a poor play call? Why would you defend that? There's only one reason. That came from the owner's son's office. That's how you keep your job. Walking around on Howie Roseman knee pads. That's how you keep your job. That's how you pass judgment on someone else and responsibility. See, when you become a coach in Philly, you have to understand you're a fall guy in Philly if it doesn't work. Again, like I said, you know the difference between Bozo Sirianni and Chip Kelly? One more time, Chip's an asshole. We get it. What's Bozo Sirianni's excuse? He's a liar? I'd rather have a guy who's an asshole than a liar. I'd rather play for an asshole than a liar. Wouldn't you? And by the way, organization... Smur and Chip, not that Chip did a good job. I'm not justifying it. But they smear people. <laughs> this has been some 10 days. How could you sabotage a 10 and 4 team? Why would you do that? You gave the guy, hey, you gave Wentz the money, and all of a sudden it was the beginning of the end for him. As soon as he signed the contract, and then you gave Hurts the money, and the first thing you do is try changing him? Kudos to Doug for winning the Super Bowl. 95 Doug, 5 Howie. That's now the percentage. One more time. Look at what Doug's doing down in Jacksonville. He'll win his second straight division title. 
Jacksonville, shitty organization, horrible ownership, hired and came out of Urban Liar. And he's turned the thing around. And he's going to win two division titles in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. We're not talking about the Packers, the Cowboys, the Steelers. We're talking about a guy who turned that franchise back around. I don't know. Hey, have the Jags ever won two division titles in a row? So Doug's two first years in Jacksonville, he'll win a division title each year he's there. I'll say this to you one more time. In the next 10 years, who do you think has more division titles, Bozo Sirianni or him? You know, we went back and looked at that 20-year, how we made sure he didn't make any moves that year. He never wanted to turn anything around. He wanted that guy to fail. He's good at sabotage. Or you got to remember is that game he rigged. Oh, was it the Washington game? Was it the giant? Oh, it was Washington, right? Yeah, you rigged the Washington game. You pulled all your starters and you put some shitty quarterback in. That's a nice send-off, wasn't it, for Doug? Kind of put an exclamation point on pure sabotage. You even sat hurts in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Right? You think you, if you're capable of that, you're capable of anything. Here, let's go here and, and, and why I'm so ass deep into this. This is what happens when you don't have checks and balances for your GM and you give complete control to someone. There's, there's no, he doesn't answer to anybody. And he, the owner is not a football man. Can't help but notice similarities with this offense in 2021 team. Totally. While Nick called the game, big plays first, foremost, greedy and vanilla. Absolutely. Here's something else too. 48. Think about this. Nick, Nick Sirianni is asking Jalen Hurts to make tougher throws in his offense. You saw it in that Seattle game. There were there were at least, would you not agree, there were at least 15 open passes that were much easier to get the ball to that could have opened up the run game more. You had wide open guys everywhere. Why not have Hurts check down? Why not have Jalen throw to the... Why is it so important for the owner and his kid and Howie? And I guess lap boy, Bozo Sirianni, to have plays down to, you're, you're sabotaging this thing. This is the problem that I have. You're good. You're a good football team. You are a good, hey, you're a good football team. You are. You can't beat the Dolphins the way you do. You can't beat the Chiefs in Kansas City the way you did. 
You can't beat Dallas at home like that. I told you the Rams may make the playoffs. I told you they were good early in the year. You don't beat teams like that if you're not good. You're good. Why are you doing this to yourselves? Look at Eagle fan. Sirianni's undefeated versus Doug. Yeah, well, here, bang. Take that fucking record, and I'll put the ring in your face. Good night. Take the day off, kid. Take the day off, kid. Dan Laurie's happy his franchise increases in value. Of course he is. That's why he made you build him Lincoln Financial. He made him wealthier. <laughs> you know what would be really great? One day I wish I could do this. Hey, could you build me a house where I get no benefit, where you get no benefits from? You get no benefits, and I'm going to make you pay $15,000 to stand in line for maybe non-refundable, that maybe you get season tickets. And I'm going to use your passion against you. And you might get the money back, you might not. So I don't know. And I get all the benefits, you get no benefits, and it's my house, and I get all of it. Concessions, parking, and I get to fill it with dates. And you increase my wealth. Thank you. You really think that guy gives a shit about a Lombardi trophy or increasing his net wealth? Come on, man. You're a shark for a reason. You eat guppies. You eat guppies. Billionaires don't cut good deals with people. Sign Josh Harris. Sorry, organization would have just had to me mad because it's first down timeouts. Hey, yeah, okay. Lori doesn't care about the city. He cares about making money. Remember, he tried to buy the Patriots first. Um, I've been telling y'all, it's not about the Super Bowl. Cash rules. Everything around. Hey, get this. Hey, I'll, I'll say this to you. Iceberg, that's why it's more important for Howie to be in charge instead of Doug being in the building. Why is that? He controls finances. They're happy that they get into the playoffs. They're going to be happy with that. They're going to come out with some charade that they're not. All they care about is getting a home playoff game. Remember something about ownership. Do you know that not one owner makes more money than anyone else outside of the Cowboys and the Raiders in merchandise? And in the TV deals, do you know all 32 teams share in the TV deal? So when January comes, Jeffrey Lurie's cut a $475 million check from all the networks. And that goes 32 ways around the building with all the owners. Whether you're 0-16 or, excuse me, 0-17 or 17-0, it doesn't matter. The Cardinals make as much money as you. 
they share all in NFL properties. Only Raiders and Cowboys cut a separate deal because their merchandise sells more. Other than that, everyone shares. That's why when TV ratings are through the roof, you think those guys give a shit? You think anybody in Arizona gives a shit about winning a Super Bowl when he gets the same paycheck that the owner of the that the owner of the um, Eagles gets, and that's why he controls the finance. Look what he did, Jeffrey. Get here, Jeffrey Lurie built this team the way the owner's vision was. He wanted high-powered offense, spend all your money there, and he didn't care about defense, spend no money there. I mean, those are facts. Dan, the only thing that can make me happy is you wearing the shirt. I got you. Hey, Bear, it fits. Xander, I got it. Look, no, 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 Bear, look. I got it on the wall. I got it on the wall. Bear, I'll put it on tomorrow. Thank you, man. He, he brought that to King of Prussia for me. Thank you very much, Bear. Bear, I couldn't believe it. It fit. It's great. Thank you, dude. You, you I mean, why are you doing this to you? Hey, ask yourself this question. Why are the Eagles doing this to themselves now? So Sean Desai was fired over... Two horrible games. So he put a game plan together to beat the Chiefs. He put a game plan together to beat the Rams. He put a game plan together to beat the Dolphins. He put a game plan together to beat the Cowboys. And you thought because of the trash cans you put out there, you understand they're, they don't take accountability. They don't think they don't think it's the players because the front office and how we put those trash cans on the field, they think it's the sigh because he's a scapegoat. Remember how he hired those guys. You're trying to make Nicholas Morrow into Ray Lewis and expecting him to cover George Kittle or Jake Ferguson. Why would you think that? There's a reason those guys were cut. Why are you asking inferior players and rookies to play like Brian Dawkins? Where would you get that 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 would happen? Because why? They wear the, the Eagle helmet? Bills too. Oh, well, Bills, they gave up 500 yards. Might want to put that one back in your wallet there. They gave up 505 to the Bills. <laughs> Allen was just turning it around. I'll tell you what, man, that kid is playing such great football right now. He's the best quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, right now, next to Purdy. You know, it's funny. I said that last year, and I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again right now. Brock Purdy is a better situation than what Jalen Hurts is in Philly. He's a better situation. He's cheap and he wins and he's effective and efficient. 
and they got quality people around them. Look at the coordinators you got there. You got Steve Wilkes and Kyle Shanahan. You got bozos in the room. Remember, remember hey, think about the contenders that you have. We remember, Tom, we went over this a couple days ago. Mahomes has Andy Reid, and on the other side, they have Steve Spagnola. Okay. In Baltimore, you have John Harbaugh, and I can't think the D coordinator's name. He's really good over there. I can't think of his name. Um, shit, the Rams are turning it around with Raheem Morris and Sean McVay. Let's see who else. Cowboys. You got Dan Quinn and you got Mike McCarthy. I mean, and then you have Bozo Sirianni, Brian Johnson, and I don't know what you have on defense. A collection of you, you know, you know what? You're running your defense by committee now. Is it Mike McDonald? Is that who it is, Matt? Hey, Seth, I did say that. Seth goes like this. Seth, you yourself said when we pay our quarterback, we won't be able to afford certain players. Correct. But Seth, that deal didn't kick in and doesn't kick in until 2024, March 17th. He's still on a rookie deal. How he's counting his money and his salary cap for 23 or 24 in 23. And it's effectively stopped him from bringing TJ Edwards back. Hey, get this. You guys couldn't even replace Kaiser White. And, and, and Tone and everyone's like this. Well, I don't have a problem with Kaiser White not being resigned. Okay, neither do I. Who are you replacing him with? Nicholas Morrow? Is that an upgrade? Is Nicholas Morrow an upgrade from Kaiser White? You know, Kaiser was a little up and down. You know, was he an upgrade? Absolutely not. That's right. RTF. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I have a prediction. Two years, you win five games. You're a five-win team in two years. Because then the quarterback's deal kicks in. He'll be even cheaper then. You'll be shopping everything at the dollar store. It'll be interesting to see because they will not re-sign Hassan Reddick. Um, they will not re-sign uh, Darius Slay or Bradbury. They will clearly have to decide on what they're going to do with A.J. Brown because then that money kicks in. Cap only goes up 18%, 18% friends. You're making it sound like it goes up $100 million every year. It only goes up 18%. The money that you're going to have to spend to keep that team intact is going to supersede what the increases are in the cap. You're not going to be able to keep everybody. That's a fact. And the reason also that you get inexperienced coordinators, anybody with their weight as a coach would come in and go, we don't have the proper personnel. I mean, look, any court, if you're a decent coordinator and you walk in and you want me to play a certain system and I look at the talent that you have on that field 
from your linebacking core to your back, your back seven, I would look at you and go, you're not going to win. And everyone caught up with you. Do you understand that this has been something that's been a tidal wave waiting to happen? You understand that. The NFL, I have never seen a league expose a team as quickly as a really good football team. Get this. For a year and a half, you were one of the elite teams in the league. Now you're a laughing stock. How'd that happen in 14 days? And here's what's going to happen. All of you are going to come back and go, Sills, look what happened. We won these three games. And you're going to go 14, uh, what is it? 13 and four, 27 and seven over two years, nothing to show for it. You'll be a worse version of the Bills. That teammate, no. You think that's a Super Bowl team? You don't have Super Bowl coaches, even. Your general manager parades around like that's his Super Bowl. I will never give that guy credit for that thing. He went there for the ride. Worst thing ever happened to Doug Peterson was winning that thing. How he couldn't handle it. Too much ego. Couldn't handle it. He could not handle it. Because then Doug started overreaching. Started talking about the personnel that was on the team. Maybe if Nick had won the Super Bowl 11 months ago, maybe Nick would, maybe Nick would have started doing that. Maybe he would have. What's Parcells always say back in the day? Um, if you want me to cook the dinner, at least let me shop for the groceries. Or at least let me be part of shopping for the groceries. Get this. Iceberg goes, I'd trade Michael Parsons for Smitty. Not me. I think Michael Parsons is overrated. I'll take Devontae Smith over Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons has a flaw, my friend. Do you know what that is? You know what? You know what? You know what Michael Parsons' flaw is? He's not physical. Devontae Smith is more physical. Smith will resign here. He's one of the men that you look at who starts a job and wants to finish the job. That's not a guy who starts something, in my opinion, and decides to pick up his bat and ball and go somewhere else because it's not conducive for him. Get this. The man who is showing the most character of anybody on that organization has been Devontae Smith. If Devontae Smith had the ego of all the rest of the wide receivers in National Football League, he'd be screaming at the top of the highest mountain. He'd be standing next to the Rocky statue, screaming, why aren't they throwing me the ball? 
He doesn't do that. That's a man of character. Hertz is coming unraveled a little bit because of the pressure and the money. Remember what Boomer Esiason said? Isn't it becoming more of a statement now? Right, Tone? Isn't it? You got to learn how to play with the money, son. I think the organization has to learn how to coach him also. And they've done a poor job of it. Jalen Hurts, today, I was disappointed in Hurts. I really was. I don't want you to clarify anything. If you got a problem, son, point people out. Call them out. This is your team. Or isn't it? They're not firing you. They gave you the money. Are you afraid that they'll start their process of the Wentz factor and they'll bring out the Wentz plan on you? I might be nervous of that. I'm sure Nicole Lynn and the people at Clutch are telling them to tread lightly because of the way the organization acts. I'm very sure of it. I'm very sure people in the organization have been in contact all week long going, hey, what did he mean by that? Can you tell him to clarify? So he comes out today in the press conference, clarifies something that needed to be said. I would have said this. I stand by everything I said. And if you guys want to dissect it your way, have at it. Who'd you mean? You heard what I said. I don't have to owe you. I don't owe you anything. But you know what they don't want? They don't want an adversarial quarterback. You know, I was going to say something, but I better not. I just wonder. Hmm. Ah, better not go there. People start getting all upset. See, Hertz has got to be a little different than everyone else. Can't start making waves. And be the angry quarterback. Is there a football game this week? Is there a football game? Just curious. Why would you defend it? All your actions last week. When defending it makes you look dumber. Why would you defend it? I just wonder, Jalen Hurts. Can't be perceived as the angry quarterback.
They made him walk back a comment. Hertz has proven he can be the guy with competent play calling. Yeah. This new staff hasn't proven a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Wentz 2.0. Right. Once Frank left, they hired inferior people around Doug. They didn't give Doug the autonomy that he needed. And they put inferior talent around him. And it was a slow decline. Injuries, all of that. Howie's inability to draft, all of that played a factor in, in that destruction. All of it. Thank you, Carl. You know what I mean, Carl. Tom Brady says that. You think Tom Brady's apologizing today? No, Brady's got six rings. You you, you think Aaron Rodgers is saying that today? Apologizing? Absolutely not. You think any of those guys, any franchise quarterbacks? Oh, my God. Do we, hey, do we have, I'm unbelievable. Okay. I I, I got I got I, I, hey, look at what you want to hear something crazy? Sam Howell's having a better year than Jalen Hurts. Sam Howell. He is having a better passing year than Jalen Hurts. Six fifty attempts. He's trending to four twenty. Both numbers way above him, right around where Hertz is in completion percentage. He's going to throw for forty three hundred yards. Sam Howell, twenty three touchdowns, same as Jalen. Turnovers too, the same as Jalen. Eric Bieniemy. Kudos to you. You put a competent guy around a guy, and look what happens. Eric Bieniemy has done more. Get this. You want to hear this? Eric Bieniemy has done more in one year in Washington than the two Super Bowl wins in Kansas City and working with Andy Reid than any time in his career to land a head coaching job. I would be appalled if he doesn't get an opportunity, and not those charade of interviews. As a matter of fact, I don't want Bozo Sirianni and those kind of guys who know how to do the interview. I want guys who give the uncomfortable interview. I don't want guys who are going to say the right thing that you want to hear. I want to have a guy in my building that's going to do the right thing. You see, that's what you have in Philly. You have people that know what to say and say the right thing. You don't have people in the building that do the right thing. There's a complete difference in mentality with that. Sam Howe, you took a later round draft choice and turned this guy into a quarterback that's having a better passing year than Jalen Hurts. 
Look at it. Sirianni has no respect with the fans. He lies to our faces. He'll get run out of town. Don't worry. Howie will start that train real soon because he needs a guy to land on. Remember, your coaches are expendable. I've been telling you that since day one. That guy fires coaches. Every one of the coaches that you've had since 2000 have had winning seasons, and they've all been blown out. Because the front office wants complete control. Imagine that. I can't think of a franchise in NFL history outside of the Steelers that their coaches haven't had a losing record. Think about that. In the last 23 years, you've never had a coach with a losing record overall. Overall, you've never even Chip had a winning record. Overall, as a head coach in Philly, even Chip, even Chip, see, again, let me ask you this. Is there more chaos now than there was with Chip? You think there's more chaos now? Who had the most chaos, Chip, Doug, or now Nick? Nick's not going to dig his way out of this. It's never going to get better. Now you're going to win against these shitty teams, but it'll be over. Your your guillotine's coming in the postseason, so don't worry about it. You'll, you'll, You'll feel good for about two weeks, and then you'll get your head chopped off, and it'll be the end of it. Sills, I must admit, when I first started watching, I couldn't stand you, but I must admit, you are the realest, brother. Can't be angry. Thank you, Nicole. That's exactly right. You know what I'm talking about, what hurts. See, when you're a black quarterback in the NFL, you got to act differently than white quarterbacks. That's a fact. But then again, if you're black in this country, you have to act differently if you want to get ahead. If you say anything that's contradicting, you're angry black guy. If you're a guy who fights back against management, you're Tom Brady. That's not a theory. That's not a theory. Okay. It's not a theory. I still hate Sills, but in a good way. I actually like that way, JoJo. (laughs) You know, hey, I hate Sills, man, but I, you know, it's in a good way. And maybe that's why my wife looks at me too. Yeah. Right? You know, I used to say this stuff on the radio and they used to get my shit about it. 
I mess up one time in a phrase like Nick does or Jalen did, and I say something using poor words and I get castrated for 14 years. And I have been a proponent my whole life for speaking truth. Remember something, friends. Before I take a timeout, I don't have black friends. I have friends. Anybody who does that, it's code for C. I have black friends too. <laughs> See? You're, every time I hear that, I'm like, the guy's a racist. <laughs> hey, okay. The guy wants you to know so bad. He's got some brothers as friends. Congratulations to you. <laughs> hey, welcome to the world. <laughs> Welcome to the world. <coughs> All right. Oh, my God. We have so much to get to. Hey, by the way, can somebody please do something for me about some of the people in your media world? Stop trying to decipher like you need a U.N. translator, what Nick meant, and trying to say he didn't mean that, even though he said that. Okay. You know? Just, just re not report. I don't report on anything. LJ's right about one thing. I'm not a reporter. I'm not a media guy. Ah, well, I am a media guy, but I'm not a, I'm not a reporter or journalist. None of that. I've never been. I went to journalism school at Miami, but I'm not a journalist. Okay. I'm totally not that. Okay, more of an entertainer kind of guy. Okay, just not. I just happen to know a ton of people. Okay, all right. Our good friends, it is December. And our friends at Hooters have a great opportunity for you guys to go into the locations. By the way, you see our great promotion we have. Do all the things that you need to do. Tone's going to be sending around the code word throughout the program. You email us at show at gmail.com. You can win yourself some gift certificates. And you'll be named on Monday of Football Money. There's the email. All you have to do is email us your information, and you may hear your name called on a Monday, like Rhonda and Brian, this week's winners for our great merchandise and also our gift certificates. And it is the holidays here in December, and the Santa Bucks are back. $5 stocking stuffers. Man, these make great gifts. The calendars are out, 2024. $100 in coupons are there for you inside the calendars. You can also go to HootersToGo.com. Hey, man, we have so many great specials. Lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 1130 to 3 p.m., boneless wings. Seafood Sundays, half price on stone crabs, steamers, buffalo shrimps. Military Mondays, 20% all day. For our men and women who serve this country. Don't forget also, kids eat for free on Saturdays. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. Bottom of the hour, good friend Tone's going to join us. We will talk to him. Get his thoughts on how he has seen this crazy-ass 10 days. For a team that had everything going in the right direction. You know, now they've run ashore. Can they go back out to sea and do something? We'll do all that next. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings by Hooters Things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. 
This year, stuff their stockings and yours too with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Bozo Sirianni will be a two and three postseason coach. Your coach of the year. Won't be long. Be two and three. And they'll drag his quarterback down with him. Or maybe he won't. When does Jalen Hurts fight back? Hmm. When will he fight back on this? Got to be careful here. But he got the money, man. Then again, Wentz had the money. And, ooh, maybe Hertz can use the fact that he looks different to his advantage here. Hmm. Huh. 
this could be quite the battle. I think this is going to be one of the greatest teams to follow. I thought when they put the Cy up in the booth, he could look down at the field and see more call down and put them in a better situation. It seemed to work until the final play. Bear, he's not calling plays. That's not what they've done. He 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 put the game plan together, and Matt Patricia is the one calling the plays. He's not calling plays. He's he's not calling plays. Richie goes like this: Hurts fights back, he'll lose in commercial endorsements. Yeah. I'm being too hard on Hertz to what apologizing like uh like a company guy today. Jalen Hurts was a company guy today. That was company guy. Unbecoming of a guy who I have respect for and still do. I just think he's caught in a cesspool right now. He just got shitty people around him. Okay? It just totally, absolutely, without a doubt, he has a cesspool around him. As you can tell, I have no respect for what's going on because you're sabotaging something that was going well. And then when the league caught up with you, get this. You want to hear something? This is just like your in-game adjustments. When the league caught up with you, you had no adjustments. Do you remember what Desai said the, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, Tone? A couple weeks ago? Yeah, the Cowboys um, threw things at us and they came off trend. And they were just doing different things than what we had seen. Um, you know, being a coordinator is called in-game adjustments, not sticking to a game plan. Thank God you're not in the military. You'd get your entire platoon killed. I mean, dude, you ever read the book, The Art of War? <laughs> I mean... Being a coach and a coordinator is not just about play calling. It's called situational play calling and in-game adjustments. It's, 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 yeah, we're not doing anything different than what we did a year ago. That's why you could lose to the Giants. You know, you know what's crazy? I hear I hear pathetic Eagle fans. Some of you, not all of you. Some of you see it. And by the way, I don't fault you. Some of you. I don't. I really don't. Because when you're 10 and 1, and me and Angelo are the only one banging on the team, it you you we just knew it was coming. Even Seth got jaded by it. Because it's hard. See, remember something. There's one thing that I will do when I have an opinion on someone like that. And you know it. I tell you what I got. I got jaded by. Here was my take. I got jaded by last year, all those guys panning out. Now that I see it this year, that was a coincidence. I'm curious what you think of the Cowboys organization. I stay in Dallas and I'm an Eagle fan, but I hate Jerry. I'll tell you what, 
Mamba, here's the one thing that I saw this week. It's the first time that I've ever seen Jerry Jones put his arms around somebody after a very crippling loss like they had to the Bills. He said, one of the things that I have been impressed with the most this year has been our coaching staff. He was talking about the totality of it. He sees the unraveling going on in Philadelphia. He's trying to calm the waters. This is the first time I've ever seen him try to calm waters instead of on his double radio show that he does at the beginning of the week and the end of the week, um, just start a forest fire. It's the first time I've actually seen him try to calm the waters down. Okay. And, and I think it's smart because I do think Nick, I mean, I do think that uh, Mike McCarthy's done um, a good job. Yo, Sills, I'm, um, I assume Darius Slay. I, I don't know. If he does, he does. He said he would. Jameson, I'm not looking to be his buddy. That's not what I do here. If he comes on, he comes on. I showed I showed everyone the text. Okay? I showed Tony. I showed Zan. Everybody. He contacted me. He comes on, he comes on. Dude, I don't want to be your friend. Because I may have to say something about you, which I have. And he even says it in here. And he even says it in here. I know we don't like each other. Here, I'll show it to you where he says that. I know we don't like each other. Here. Look, man. I know we don't. I know. Look. Here, man, I know we don't like each other, but I'm the biggest team guy first. Everyone who knows me, never been a me guy. I'm always willing to help the next guy. Don't don't make it don't make it come off where I'm trying to be butt buddies with anybody to get someone on. Those are people that work the Novacare Center and want the key fob. <laughs> I don't care if I ever get it. As a matter of fact, I don't want it. Is it possible to bring in an offensive play caller this late? Why? Okay. Why? Dude, here's who the powers to be in the Eagle organization is. The owner, Howie, the son, and kind of Nick. Thank you, Sydney. Appreciate it. <laughs> Man. What a what a train wreck. Sirianni's talking numbers today. Hey, we're doing the same shit we did last year. Nothing's changed. You're telegraphing to defensive coordinators that nothing has changed. And get this, when someone asked him the question about Christian McCaffrey pointing out a play, he goes like this, well, we never run that play. McCaffrey saw it in your formation. I was cringing. I was cringing. Dude, your alignments tell you what's coming. Don't you know that? 
when get this, no matter what the play is, when you've got an offensive guard sitting deep and you see him with splits, and splits are the gaps in between the center and the guard, and you know just by splits if it's going to be an inside run or an outside run. And when you're a running back, you know this. Splits in the offensive line tell you where they're going. Okay? You understand that? What they're trying to do if they have tight splits is what? They're trying to get wide. They're trying to bunch you up. And if you're wide splits... You're trying to run up the middle to create traffic and space. You know this. And when you see a guy sitting back like a guard, you know what the first thing you do is? You don't look for the ball. You look inside for a trap play or a counter tray. How many times do I tell you guys, Don't when, when you're playing defense, don't ever look for the ball or at the ball. It'll take you away from the play. Your technique, your splits, Everything is in front of you. It will tell you where the ball's going. If a guy's trying to reach and slip and scoop you, you know you have to keep your outside shoulder free because you're always trying to run everything back into the pursuit. You're playing your outside shoulder. You always have to keep your outside shoulder free because you want all the traffic. Why? Because the traffic is running this way towards you and you're keeping your outside leverage. You want them to cut back because that's where the rest of your teammates are. You don't want them to get out wide and set the edge on you. And Eagles having a tough time setting that edge. It's not that hard. McCaffrey's picking it up because of alignment. Not because of, we haven't run that. He picked it up because of the alignment. Yeah, it's going to be a quarterback run, a designed run. Sure enough, it was. It was still the wrong side. But he knew it would be a run. You know what an advantage that is to know what's coming at you? And do, do, do you know what a massive advantage that is? The 49er defense was playing like their hair on fire. Same as the Cowboys. But here's the idiotic and pathetic thing that the, the Cowboy game is all you need to know about how they run their team. It's totally all you need to know. Dallas can't stop the run. By the way, you know this week, the Giants can't stop the run. Win the game 21 nothing. What's the problem with that? What's the problem with that? Do you really have to have the aesthetics? These guys are more impressed with bullshit, uh, how they look, how their quarterback looks. Guess what they've done to Jalen? They tried to make him Josh Allen, and he's not. Do you understand what, what they've done? Instead of making Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts like last year, Jalen Hurts was better than Josh Allen last year. They tried to make him Josh Allen this year, and he sucks at it. 
Why don't you let the kid, you pay $50 million. Why don't you let him be Hurts? Let him be Hurts. Dude, the dude a year ago is a frightening guy on the field. Okay, he's a frightening guy. This guy? Hey, I'll tell you, man. All the media guys and everybody in town, man. When you went in an overcare center, man, did you notice that Bob Lang and all the guys had the uh, they had the nuclear hazmat suits on? They were cleaning up and everything, and you know, everybody shoveling like you know atomic waste out. You know, I don't know. You're gonna have to put a bubble. Over. They may have to put a bubble over the Novacare Center, like they did Chernobyl. I'm not sure. So I know my friend doesn't want to bubble over him when he talks. Our good friend Tone joins us now. Big sales is going on, sir. <clears throat> so I'm wondering, man, so like when you talk to Rob and you guys get yourself all built up and you're trying to get out of it, then you listen to me like, this guy brings me right back into this bullshit again. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's all, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all rather stressful, right? I mean, yeah, but he, you know, you know, what the, here's the problem, Tone. They daily are now adding to the fire. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you just left well enough alone. I don't think they realize it, though. They don't. They, they, you say you know, something all the time, Tone. They don't have self-awareness. Like, think about it. You're in, you're in a press conference, and you openly say, yeah, we run things the same way this year, last year, and the year before that. <laughs> really? Exactly the same way? Yep, exactly the same way. That's what he said. So I look at the Philadelphia Eagles as a team that's underperforming way below um, the talent surface, and especially on the offensive side. On the defensive side, at least you could point out some excuses, right? Linebacker, of course. Um, that's been killing you every single year for the most part. Um, the D-line has slowed down. Uh, the DBs, the corners, to be, spe- to be specific, either can't stay healthy or they're too old. Um, safety position, I like Reed Blankenship. I like who he is. I like what he brings to the table. But Kevin Byard, I'm still unsure if he has anything left. He's only made the Kansas City Chiefs play. Uh, obviously, Nicholas Morrow, Zach Cunningham, and Shaq Leonard, they're Band-Aids, they're armament for the long term. The only two things about the Philadelphia Eagles defense, in my opinion, that has the brightest future um, are the D-tackle group and potentially the edge rusher group on defense. Other than that, the rest of this defense can be divided and conquered in any sort of way. I'd fire the whole unit except for the guys you named. I'd fire the whole entire unit except for Sweat, and Reddick, and, two tackles. Everyone? Yeah. You, you, I'll keep and if, I, if, if I'm going to keep. And, and Milton Williams. It, it, oh, yeah. yeah that, that's why I said the whole group. But um, the one DB I would keep, I would keep Sidney Brown and try to groom the hell out of him. I would try to develop as much as I can because he has these raw. Yeah, he has he has these raw abilities that I feel like if he gets the right person in front of him, you could probably turn him into something dangerous. What'd you say just now? You know what I said. Get the right person in front of him. Get the right person in front of him. Isn't he in Baltimore now? Yes, he is. So, again, um, 
the defensive side obviously has there he goes doing it again to me (laughs) (laughs) has many more has many more things to take care of but offensively you look at you look how much talent is sprinkled all over the place it's malpractice at its finest and again how can you get the most out of guys like that when you're doing the same thing every single year tone hurts more attempts more completions more yards passing more touchdowns swift career across the board attempts yards touchdowns brown first receiver in eagle history to have 100 catches on trending to 115 and 1600 yards uh, Devontae is going to have more touchdowns than any year. or going to equal it. This will be the second year in a row that he goes over 90 catches in the second of the three years that he goes over 1,000. What's the problem here? Again, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly saying the same shit over and over again. What's the common denominator? You know what that is? Incompetence around these, these fellows. Yeah. This is, not the play, this is not an – there is nothing wrong with that offense. At all. Except the people around it. Exactly, you know, like sure, the O line is a a bit old in certain spots, but and, overall, and it's been inconsistent because of the injuries that have gone in and yeah. out of the lineup, at especially right at right guard. guard. Yes, yes, and maybe and the, Kelsey slowing down a bit, it, and and, and um, Lane has been hurt too. Right, so there there have been moments where it's been Landon Dickerson has been hurt as well. He's yes. he's missed some snaps. So, um, that entire offensive line, except for the left tackle spot has sort of been going through the um, either the injury or fatigue revolving door. Um, Kelsey, obviously, he's been healthy, but he's doing things. Yeah, he's, still, yeah. he, he's still playing at a high level. He is. He is. But, he is there's but, a couple. I think, the, I think the penalties have been because yeah. of the fatigue more so than his, uh, than his ability this year. He's so had, I think it's more that than anything. He had, you, know, had, you know, Hertz has been sacked, I believe, 33 times this year. Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, Jason Kelsey, he's had two damning false starts in this, you know, in this uh in you know this season. Now he's had more than one, but the, I, I I can name two that was been that was damning. Um the false start in the Bills game that set back the drive where they were going to score in the fourth quarter and they had to set up for the field goal, remember? Mm-hmm. And it had and it took an overtime. That's the first one. Um actually he did he actually he had two false starts back to back on that drive. I take that yes. back. Yes, he had two back to back. Critical too. Critical. Um, killed the drive that you were you were literally going to score in the fourth quarter. You wouldn't have had overtime. You would have had less less traction on that defense as well. So, so that's so that those false starts, and then the one we saw um, just on Monday, where it immediately took points off the board. You were going to get that first down because it took because of the brotherly shove, and then you would have did it again and got a touchdown. Instead, false start pushes them to uh, fourth and five, fourth and yeah, fourth and five, something like that, fourth and six. Yeah, and then they got to settle for the field goal now. So now the score is ten zero instead of fourteen zero against against the Seahawks. So he's he, the talent is clearly there. He's still he's still quite athletic, but I but his uh is it instinct? Is that the word I'm using? Yeah, is that the word I want to use? His his instinct. Well, they've taken the instinct out of the offense. Well, I'm sorry, his fatigue has impacted his, his instinct. Oh yes, and I think those—that's what those false starts are. And again, that's yes. just that's just me watching as a layman. No, 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 no. So no. you're 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 correct. Hey, Tone, isn't it? Is it me? But is Nick Sirianni clumsy behind the mic? <laughs> what? Listen, man. Is is he not clumsy? He's very um. It's he's very chatty. He's very chatty, and I don't like that. 
I said it a while back before the issues even came about. Remember, I said, look, my only issue with Nick Sirianni is he talks too much in these press conferences. He talks, Why are you he talks justifying that play? There was no need to, if you ask me. All, all he had to do was say, look, you know, the game plan was to get the ball in our best player's hands in a big crucial moment. Things didn't work out. Um, but best believe we'll do a better job to make sure we're more, we're more prepared. For, you know, Why for is that so hard? It's very easy. Very easy. Unless you're covering for someone. Listen, when you when you ramble too long, you ever talk long enough to the yeah. to the point where you start to hear yourself? You're like, oh, don't wait, I'm kind of talking too much. To you're trying to you're trying to over convince someone. When you talk yeah. long like that, mm-hmm. can I tell you what that is? When you talk long like that and you over explain yourself, yeah. in my opinion, there's another motive that you're doing to try to over explain shit. You're trying to justify somebody else's actions that are in the building. In my opinion. You're covering like when Nick goes like this, Hey, you know, we're, we're doing the same shit we did last year, doing the same shit this year. Now, if I'm Brian Dable, I'm sitting there going like this. Well, they're not going to do anything different. This is just something that they're, I mean, look at, they're not, they're not capable actually of doing anything different. Um, I think that game is going to be close. I do think the Eagles win, but don't be shocked if they have a lead on you. I'll tell you this. If I were Brian Dable and the Giants, you know what I would want to do? Get a lead. Let's see what happens with that team that's gone through some chaos in the last 10 days. Let's see how they handled that on the sidelines and upstairs in the booth with all the uh, people in the – I think he got too many mo- too many mouths. When I opened the show today, mm-hmm. so Desai is now making the game plan, and he has nothing to do with the in-game adjustments or the play calling. That's Patricia. And you have Nick. I mean, you have too many cooks in the kitchen here, dude. Yeah. I mean, that is so weird. So how many? Is that what they said he's doing? Is that what they said? Sean Desai yeah. is making the game plan. Yeah. Desai's making the game plan. And get this. Think about this for you. Don't think that that's just one side of the ball they do that on. That's a philosophical mentality that you have on both sides of the ball. Nick comes up with the game plan, and Brian Johnson calls Nick's plays. That's why tone. There's everyone, more. There's there's more checks and balances in the coaching staff than it is in the front office. That's in, that's insane. The only people that have accountability are the players, and now they're even causing the players, like Jalen Hurts, to have to come back and walk back comments because they don't like the fact that it could be an innuendo that he's taking shots at the coaches and the organization. You know why they made that? They made him clarify so that he wasn't taking shots. They don't mind him taking shots at the players. He wanted them to clarify that. You know, what he um, didn't want, and they didn't want, was they don't want taking shots at the coaches and organization. I didn't really have, I didn't really have too much of an issue. You don't think it dilutes what, a comment that was made at the moment? No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that it doesn't. Because for me, it's as simple as look. You, you heard what I said last night. That that's me. That's my personality, right? But when I try to look at it from his perspective. The last thing I'm trying to do is create more conflict, more division, more don't you need controversy. Conflict right now? I mean, don't you need so, well, more well, 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 you need you need less controversy. I'll tell you that much. You definitely need less controversy. But as far as accountability, um, again, I don't I don't mind him saying what he said at all. I don't mind. I don't mind him saying part, what he said at all. The walk back or after the game? After the game, and even I mean, you call it walk back, walking it back. I guess I look at it as him trying to alleviate more controversy that's already been started. Company guy. 
Sometimes you got to go along and get along. How long before he gets pissed off and gets enough enough? He's not going to allow what happened to him at Alabama happen to him in Philly. See, you got to remember something about Jalen Hurts here. Jalen Hurts has been primed to be fucked over and not be fucked over again. He's mm. not going to have that happen. And we see this in the past with the Eagles. The money has no bearing on what they're capable of doing. Yeah, we And once out of town. Yeah, seeing seeing how the Wentz thing went told me that they don't care about a dollar amount. If they don't want something going on, they're going to they're going to exit out. Power and so, control. So that begs the question: How much influence, how much equity does Jalen Hurts need to achieve before he's able to push the buttons that he wants in order to get in order to get his desired result? Do you know the re- easiest reason it was to to um, run Wentz out of town? You know, you know what. Is because Foles won. If he had won that Super Bowl, it'd have been harder to get him out of the building. But I, I and, and I'll say this, Tone. So all the things that you've seen and all the things that you've been going through over the last couple of years, and you're now seeing how this building is run. Do you really believe everything that they said about Carson Wentz? Oh, an organization that covers for everything and protects everyone. Well, and, I never, I never believed they, they everything. Just let that narrative that he's a bad locker room guy. And they never, well, they never stopped it like they do everything else. Well, you know, I've never believed everything they said about him. I generally do think he's a good dude. Um, I just felt like, man. yeah, I, I generally feel like he's a good dude. So I, I never believed everything they said about him, like the whole answer thing. I think, I think he was just, he was just a loner. Not he had to be a leader. He 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 wasn't he wasn't built to be that guy yeah. for this for this organization. You know right. what I mean? Look where he came from. Yeah, because like you know, again, like I, I feel like cancer is the wrong language Me when too. it comes to him. You know, I just felt like, and again, I've I, I rolled with Carson Wentz to the bitter end. My biggest issue w- with Carson Wentz was there was a certain level, there was a certain lack of accountability at times when it yes. mattered most because he because of his situation, he always felt like he needed to protect himself. Yeah, and. Because he didn't establish those hmm. relationships in the building with his teammates and only really locking in on a certain group of guys, he never felt really compelled to really go to down the distance for this team, especially when it you, came to his help. So that's just my that's just my opinion about it. I never really um, okay. felt like he was a cancer or a bad dude, just that's, a guy that wasn't meant to be here. That's funny, man. So when they gave Wentz that money. Did the organization and Wentz, did they act different after that money? Did the hero ball, because looks like Jan was playing hero ball now, feeling like he has to do a, a lot of things. I mean, did did you think that they coached him and managed him differently, Wentz, after he got the money? That's a good question. Wentz's situation is a little, they're similar, but they're different, and this is why. Um, remember the main thing that derailed Wentz at first was the health. So we, so, so, so we never really got a chance to really see. So the Eagles don't want Hertz to have that same issue that Wentz had early in his career or later in his career after the money. That's why they have him. And there, this is a theory and this is, um, why they're asking him to protect himself because they don't want him to be banged up. Like Wentz got banged up. Interesting. Here's, here's the thing, you know, huh. Wentz. I'm sorry. Hertz is more mobile than Wentz. Hertz does a lot more running than Wentz, right? 
So when you see when you when you bring in a guy like Wentz and you pay him and you see how he goes down and how he's kind of responding to the injury, things like that, it, it makes you skittish on the next guy. And then it makes you even more it skittish. Does. And then it makes you even more skittish, even though you paid him. You paid him because you had to pay him. Let's make that clear. They paid him because they had to pay him. And um, when you look at it from that perspective, a guy, a guy like Hertz, he moves around so much. Knowing what you know about how they felt about Carson Wentz is moving around, and and Wentz kind of just he, it was a freak play. Wentz is a freak play. They're afraid that for they're afraid for that to happen again. I know they are. I the, know you they see are. it. It just happened. It wasn't that long ago. No, you so, see it. Right. You see how he's playing. Right. So, Remember from day one against. So they're New trying England. to turn him into a, a pure and look. Jalen Hurts statistically, statistically, he's one of the better pocket quarterbacks statistically. But he he's had a very bad stretch of games. Which is not showing that ability. Leads the league in turnovers. Case in point. Okay. And something that I, you know, went back last night, watched 22. I counted 15 plays, Tone, that were easier throws that Hurts targeted harder throws into double coverage and sideline throws with guys that were open underneath. I find it absolutely ridiculous to think he doesn't see that because the guy standing a lot of the times are right there and he did it a year ago yeah they're asking him to make more difficult throws this year that's why the numbers are up a lot of his throws actually this year have been everything about this offense has been difficult this year Right. everything about this offense has been that's why he's holding the ball longer because they're more difficult throws It's, it's it's funny Literally, it seemed like it seems like he spent so much time trying to make this big play. And I asked myself, well, the guy's right there. Or when Why you watch the all when you watch the all 22, you're like, okay, is he going? You try to figure out, is he going through his progressions? Is he nope. is he is he immediately locking in on one guy? Like yep. he's locked in on you, one guy because they're telling him to be locked. Last year, he's what he's opinion, better than what we're seeing right now. I believe that wholeheartedly. Absolutely better. And I'll tell you why. Shane Steichen last year had a better feel for Hertz in the game. And he had a better feel for the guys that were open. And he would not have a problem with him going underneath. Actually, if you look at it last year, you looked at the percentage of the completion percentage, and Steichen was looking more at the when that's the number I look at. And when you start yeah. to see those numbers declining, it's you know, because it's so they're more difficult throws. Look at the throws. If you look at Matthew Stafford's completion percentage, he's at 61.9. You know why? Those are some of the most complex offensive passing routes that you could possibly have under Sean McVay. Hold on, hold on Big Seals. Listen to this. I just thought about something. You know how Nick Sirianni says, you know, this is my offense and this is how it's been this year, last year, and the year before that, right? You know how he said that, right? The offensive coordinator for the first two years was Shane Steichen, when they went two and five, it was due to Nick Sirianni calling the plays. Remember, he said this is always his game plan every single year. This is this, they're doing the exact same things, right? So Shane Steichen is your OC. You start off two and five because of you calling the plays. You guys change responsibilities as far as who's calling the plays, and all of a sudden, your game plan, your offense, looks entirely different. So again, now we enter. Year three of the Nick Sirianni era. Shane Steichen's gone. The game plan 
has been the same this year, last year, and the year before. But we have a new coordinator. Coordinators call the plays. Calling the plays require a certain feel, a certain instinct, a certain a certain gut or ingenuity, right? Yet the result is different, but the game plans are the same. So where is the common denominator of this issue? It's the play caller. Nick Sirianni says it's my offense. Yeah. Don't blame Brian. But it's the same game plan that was being executed by someone else and they were producing. It's being it's executed unfair. by a new guy and it's not producing. It's so unfair Nick, you're trying to cover for Brian. Brian Johnson. It, it is unfair. It's unfair what they did to him by thrusting him in a role that he had had very little experience at where you needed massive experience. Let me tell you, Shane Steichen had worked with Frank and Rivers and those guys, he had been around. I mean, mm -hmm. he is, I'm wrong. He's a great play caller because you're seeing it in Indy now. And remember, uh, Shane was the reason Justin Herbert took that leap. Absolutely. When he was in San Diego or Los Angeles, wherever they were stationed at the time. They took that, he took that leap. Shane Steichen was his OC at that time, correct? Yep. I don't I'm, think I'm just I'm just telling you, man, that and when Nick comes out and goes, This is my offense. Well, now I know how they do business. When I'm hearing that Sean Desai puts the defensive game plan together and Patricia calls his game plan, and then you have to think that Nick puts the game plan together on that side of the room. Right. And Brian calls Nick's game plan. What kind unless, of shit unless let's really do some conspiracy um theorizing, right? Unless yeah, they are Nick Sirianni's play. This is Nick Sirianni's playbook, right? Yeah. But maybe, just maybe, and remember, he said he comes up with the game plan this year, right? We've never really heard him say that before prior to this year, but he said yeah. he comes up with the game plan. What if, yeah, they're his plays. But what if in year one and year two with Shane Steichen, what if it was Shane Steichen's game plan? Nick Sirianni's plays, but Shane Steichen's game plan. It probably and, is that. And therefore, and also he executed his own game plan. Makes, make, makes sense on why that offense is not evolving is because the guy who invented it is not there. So then you have Brian Johnson this year. This is Nick Sirianni's game plan, but Brian is just calling the plays. Now we have a now we have a dissonance. A, no, you have the we, two and five. You have the two and five offense. Right now we have a disconnect between the person who executed the game, the person who's calling the game plan, or I'm sorry, the person who developed the game plan, and then the person who executed the game plan. Whereas though the first two years, and again, this is me conspiracy theorizing. Instead, the first two years. You had a guy in Shane Steichen who also who not only came up with the game plan, he executed it. So now there's no disconnect. Now you got two voices. One guy making the game plan, one guy calling it. The first two years, you had one guy making it and the same guy calling it. What if that's what is going on right now? Let me, let me I gotta ask you something. How do you see this offense and defense in two years? <laughs> You know what? What? I look, I look at it like this. I'm like, I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. And I have to believe that in two years, he's gonna he's gonna have more say so what's going on in front of him. I have to believe that. 
Has any player in that organization ever had say? There was one guy who ruined it. He had a chance to be that guy, but he ruined it. And I think that was Diamond McNabb. Because remember, T.O. the whole T.O. situation, that whole debacle was was messy. And McNabb still moved moved around that building the way he moved, and he felt how he felt, and nobody could tell him anything. Right? What's what's more freedom than that? No. So then, so then, and, and then on top of that, they get rid of the guy for you too. So I, that sounds like a guy who had some kind of say. He just he had agreed. He just had a pot a little bit. That's because Andy allowed it. So you think they're going to allow something like? See, they've learned from these. You think they're going to allow Hurts to have say in the organization? I think he's the next Doug P. I think if they want him in the building, still they're going to allow him to have an opinion. If because 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 if what you're saying is true, if this turns out the way you, yeah, you're a you five-win team in two years. If you, if this turns out the way you think it, the, the way you think it may. If I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm taking my ball and trying to find an organization that's going to maximize my, my skill set. So I'm going to Pittsburgh. So and again, that's far. That's super far in the future. Yeah, we have but, no idea but, but, happen, but it's is, something that you have to consider if you're thinking about this team critically. And get this. It's not the talent. It's it's nobody in my locker room that I'm pissed off at. I'm pissed off the way that you have too many people inside the kitchen cooking something that we have no clarity. There's no – would you not agree that on both sides of the football, the one thing that we can – if you had the word, use a word, the word that's lacking is clarity mm. on what you're doing. If you I would want agree. To use the clarity, word is a, clarity is a good word. If you clarity want to use word. the word identity – Clarity. Last year, they were roles were defined. Last year, mm-hmm. they everyone were had a role. They were crystal last year. Every, but- you know, you know what? Let me, let me uh, here, and I and I bring this team up because it's one of my favorite teams of all time. It's the '98 Bulls. Rodman, rebounder. Pippen was the guy who was the Swiss Army knife. Jordan yeah. scored, defender, leader, the uh, pivot man. Whether you had on the box there, whether you had Horace Grant or you had Rodman mm-hmm. or in the center spot, you had Cartwright, you had Longley, then you had Kukoc added in. Everyone had a role and knew their role. And when you have a team that's defined in roles, it's easy to show up to work. That's what 22 was. When you show up to work today, it's not the players don't have roles. The coaches don't. Mm. What's Matt Patricia's role? What's what's Shane? What what what's um Sean Desai's role? What's um Brian Johnson's? Role? They have not defined roles except for management. I tell you, I, I I I'm going to push back on the fact that they've defined roles in management. You want to know why? Because you got Harry Roseman thinking he's a football guy. <laughs> so obviously they haven't really defined the roles all all over the board. Um, look, you know, here's the thing. You know, there as of right now. All we can do is see how this thing plays out. Um, does it have the most, does it have the brightest outlook right now because of everything we've seen, we've experienced, we've watched play out on and off the field? Does it have the brightest the brightest outlook? I don't think so by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm willing to say that as of right now, they're going to go into the playoffs and all they can do is take it one matchup at a time and go one and know that week. Have they proven? that they can hang with the 49ers or the Cowboys. They have not. 
at this point, they have not proven that. Now, did they split with the Cowboys? Absolutely. But teams change, people change. And right now, the Cowboys have, are playing better football than the Eagles. So right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are entering the playoffs with no credibility as a football team. They're, actually, they're entering the playoffs with people looking at them as pretenders. <laughs> but they have an opportunity to do something about it. Now, all they can do is play up to their talent. The defense is the weakest link. It's no question about it. The offense, that's the only part of the ball where you can look and say something can actually change. They have an opportunity to establish momentum and establish a certain pacing and rhythm to the offense over the next three weeks. That's the most they can get out of these games. We're not looking at the Philadelphia Eagles as um, championship contenders if they beat the Giants or the Cardinals. That's not how we're gauging them. The best they can hope for over the next three weeks, the best we can hope for as spectators. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is for a team that can somehow establish a rhythm, a pace, and identity on offense, and then they can potentially take that into the playoffs with some kind of confidence. Well, as the judge here on the Dan Cilio show, <laughs> January 14th is your date of execution. That's the beginning of the wild card for the playoffs. That's your execution date. Oh, so you, th- you think they're on, you think they're on the wild card? <laughs> yeah. Okay, really quickly, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk to they you can't about the, the Rams. I, that's that's what I'm trying to get to. So as of right now, if everything holds right now, the cop so the 49ers are the four seed. I'm sorry, the 49ers are the one seed. Cowboys are the two seed. Lions are three. Bucks four. Eagles five. Vikings six. Rams seven. Now, if everything holds, 49ers gets to buy. Dallas will play the Rams in the first round. Right. Detroit will play the Vikings. And the Bucks will play the Eagles. Now, okay. the Bucks are a different team today, if you ask me. They are. I, I like how book I like how Baker Mayfield is playing, but I still think that's a game the Philadelphia Eagles can eke out. The division around us is where I think things fall apart. You just lost to Drew Locke. No, I understand. Do you? I understand. I mean, yeah, Drew Locke is a backup 
We've spoken a lot. Yeah, I think I, I think I understand what you mean. <laughs> I mean, you just lost to Drew Locke. Yeah, yeah it's you're, pretty you're, embarrassing. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt still. That's where you and I differ. Ma- I mainly mainly because, but here's the thing, though. My benefit of the doubt may not be as low as yours, but okay. my mind has moved a drastic distance. Oh, it does. Oh, hey, I know this. Remember, I was talking. Years have been burned a long remember, time ago. Now, remember, I was talking about Super Bowl. Hey, no, no, no. Now no, no. I'm talking about if they get out of the divisional oh, round. Get this. They that's were a, that's trending a, that's a big that way, way though. They were trending that way. This is self sabotage. Yeah. That has to be the most frustrating thing on the entire planet is that 13 days ago, 14 days ago, that team was 10 and one or something like that, 10 and two. And now all of a sudden, it's a complete nuclear meltdown. And, and get this it's not so much even on the field, it's more this charade of lies that here I, I i i'll tell you this i'm more shocked about the organization than i am about the record now and the players in the locker room do you think there's more chaos right now with nick than there was with doug at the end mm. you see for doug this see Sirianni's only in year three. You could probably make an argument that the adversity is hitting sooner. Huh? But um, I don't know. What was it, 18? Take me back to 18. What was that like for Doug and Howie? So 18 wasn't a bad season. Um, 18 was a, a season where you were plagued by injuries, and uh Carson Wentz wasn't really playing up to up to the standard because he was nursing a back injury. See, so remember he came back from the LCL, ACL, and MCL tear. He toured in the 2017 season against the Rams when they were playing at the Rose Bowl, right? So the following season, Winston start off. Foles started the season. I think I think Foles played the first two or three games. Uh, I remember because the game Carson Wentz came back. I went to that game. It was it was Eagles versus Colts. I think that was week four, maybe week five. Um, and they won the game, but as the season progressed, Wentz was overcompensating physically. You saw you saw a disconnect between the mechanics and the production, so on and so forth. Right off an injury like that, you know. So you're usually better the next year because you're still you're still. I think, and I think he rushed himself back. Okay, and then and then to take it a step further, he hurt his back that season. The money. So he so so they shut him down. They they shut him down with a uh, with a back fracture. They shut him down for the rest of the season. Bowles comes in. Eagles managed to win some games, get into the playoffs, I believe, with a nine and eight record. Yep. They got into the playoffs. Nine to seven, excuse me, nine to seven. They got them with a nine to seven record. First round, they beat the Bears. Yep. The double doink game. Uh, uh, Second round, divisional round. They lost to the Saints. You lost to the Saints. If I I strongly believe if Jeffrey catches that ball, that sets things in motion. Yep. Wentz would have been traded. So. When I think about how that went in 2018, I don't think things were off the cliff for Doug quite yet. Not not quite. And that was year three. Nick Sirianni, he's experiencing some turbulence at the, on the back end of year three. They both experienced it, but it was different. Here's the difference. The turbulence that Doug Peterson experienced was external. 
meaning injury oh, okay. at, the, at the quarterback position. Nick Sirianni, his issues this year, internal dis- dysfunction amongst the coaching staff and the and the in the front office and the quarterback. So it's both they both had turbulent 2018s, but one different one situations. Issue, different situations. One was external, meaning injury. One was internal, meaning co- internal conflict and dysfunction. When did you see the disconnect before with with Doug and Howie start to become public? Because I want what I'm going to do is I'm going to start keeping an eye on that as we move forward here. Because this is where I think that Bozo Sirianni is going to go longer and be able to weather through it longer. Because you know why? He's more of a company guy. Doug started building up autonomy with the Super Bowl, and he felt more empowered. So he was going to put his foot down in some situations with coaching, maybe some personnel, assistant coaches, like I said. When did, when did it become adversarial between Howie and him? Mm. Do you think behind the scenes, Doug wanted Foles, and that's what splintered the relationship? Was that he wanted Foles, or do you, was it that maybe they wanted mm. to do something? Because remember, Jeffrey Lurie picked Foles in the draft. That's the owner's pick. And he won the MVP versus the GOAT. Could that have been yeah. behind the scenes in your I remember, opinion? you know, Chip, Chip I think Some Chip, of the stress. Didn't Chip draft? Uh, no. Oh, I Chip, thought the owner came in and wanted him. I thought Chip drafted Foles. No, it could have been during when Chip was there, but I I thought okay. Jeffrey Lurie wanted I mean, he, I mean he has to sign off on it, right? So Yeah, yeah. I thought he wanted him. Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly how that went. But I know they drafted him, and all of a sudden he wins your Super Bowl, and now you're looking at it like, wait, is this the guy that I make a mistake with that money, with that contract? You know? Well, actually, they didn't pay him at that time. He was still in the, he was in the second year of the rookie deal. But you're sitting there looking at yourself, wow, did I make a mistake with the guy I drafted? This guy won a, won a Super Bowl. But, again, I think no one will question who's more talented, Carson Wentz or Nick Foles. Um, Carson Wentz is more Wentz talented. Get the money? Um, Wentz got the money. Give me one second. I got 19. it right here. I think he got it at the end of the 28. Actually, no. If basing it off of this, he got it at the end of the 2018 season because remember, um, the team always has the opportunity to pick up oh, that fifth year option. Um, I believe so. Yeah, it, they gave it to him in that offseason. I think. Let me look up the contract exactly when it started. They gave him that contract when he was hurt. Let's see here. All right, so. Here, here we go. Um, he signed. He signed a four-year, one hundred twenty-eight million dollars contract with the Eagles in twenty nineteen. Well, that, the, that was it, it. Was scheduled to take effect in twenty nineteen. So he signed it on. Here we are. Okay. He signed the contract on June 6, twenty nineteen. That's when. That's when. That's when it was reported. And also, they picked up his option in 2019. So that lines up with, so, rookie year 2016, 17, 18, 19. Okay, so they signed him in the offseason after his uh, his option. They had to make a decision like Senor said. They I mean, had before, to make I mean, a before decision the option. on him because his deal was up on his rookie contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had yeah, to make a deal on him. Yeah, because remember, the 2019 season, um, he picked up the option. 
he picked up the option going into the fourth year. You all, you always got to pick up your option before the fourth year starts. And that's what happened. You know, the, you know, the, the Eagles picked up the option on April 29th, 2019, and then they signed him to a four-year, $120 million contract. And guess what? In that same, in that same offseason, I believe they drafted Andre Dillard in the first round. <laughs> let me make sure because uh let me make sure I got that right as well. Because a lot of those moves kind of led to the situation we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Andre Dillard, yep, that was the offseason. That was the offseason they drafted Andre Dillard in the first round. And he ended up getting pretty much benched again. Who was the second, third rounders in that draft? Let's see here. Was Sweat in that draft? No. Sweat was in the 2018 draft. Okay. Sweat was in the 2018 draft. So that but, 19 draft that Dillard was in, who was in that draft? I'll tell you right now. All right, here we go. The 2019 season, you had Andre Dillard, Miles Sanders, J.J. Thigga-Whiteside, Sharif Miller, uh, yeah, Sharif Miller and Clayton Thorson. Clint, Sharif Miller and Clayton Thorson and J.J. Thigga-Whiteside are no longer in the NFL. <laughs> Andre, I, 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 Andre Dillard got benched, and Miles Sanders doesn't even have 500 yards rushing in, in, uh, in, in so Carolina. You gave a guy off an injury – Almost the max deal, $38 million a year, and you drafted nobody. Drafted nobody. How'd you think that thing was? Okay. How did you think that thing was going to go? And then the following season, going into the 2020 season, which was his final season, everyone's final season, Doug and, and Carson, they top it off with drafting Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts, Davion Taylor at linebacker, Kavon Wallace at safety, Jack Driscoll, the guard, John Hightower at receiver, Sean Bradley at linebacker, Quez Watkins, and uh, Prince Tega at tackle, and Casey Tuhill at, at edge. And Casey Tuhill is still playing football for the commanders at a high level. I think he's a rotational edge rusher. So they let him walk before the season even started and didn't, 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 didn't give him a chance to really get on the field. Meanwhile, he's he's making he's making meanwhile he's causing damage with the commanders. So again, another draft where the only person still here, Jalen Hurts. That's one guy. Jack Driscoll, Sean Bradley. He's on IR, but he's not going to be here much longer. And you got Quez Watkins. So you got four players from this draft. Two to two the, years. Say that again. You have four players from eighteen and nineteen. No, but um, let me see. Eighteen, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. Yes. So 2018, you kept four players from that draft. Granted, they only drafted five, but you kept four of them. And the 2020 season and to the 2019 year, um, no longer none of these guys on your roster in 2019. And 2020 draft, only four guys are still on your roster. Hertz, Driscoll, Sean Bradley, Quez Watkins. And quite honestly, two of those guys are no longer going to be here probably in the next two years or so, probably next year. So how are you yeah. going to build a team around Carson Wentz when you were failing miserably in the draft? Yeah, yeah. So, so twenty, and after that point, you know he's he's gone. So in those two years in eighteen and nineteen, did they bring anybody free agency in? Was that was that a Darius Slay? Did he come in in nineteen? No, um, he didn't come in in nineteen. No, no, Darius Slay. I think he did come 21. in twenty nineteen. He came in at twenty one. 
the off season of twenty one. No, the uh, preseason of twenty one. He came in like the something when they when the Lions let him loose because of the cap. No, I think he was there before that. I think he was there before that. Nineteen. I think he came in twenty twenty. Let me double check though. So Doug's final season, he was he was he played for Doug. Yes, he did play for Doug. Okay. Um. Yeah, he came in twenty twenty. Um. He was twenty nine at the time, and uh, he was playing. He was playing good football, playing good football. Um. But then he really had his best year. Last uh, year. Tw- uh, his best year was twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um. In twenty twenty one. The argument twenty one. In in twenty twenty one, he um he had he, he pretty much had similar stats a little bit. It's like statistically, twenty twenty one is probably the better year. But nonetheless, though, they didn't really make they they never, they never really did enough for Carson Wentz. If you ask me, they never did enough. That's why they're trying to repent with with cart with uh, Jalen Hurts. All those moves they made, like the difference in those draft classes from like twenty like the the Jalen Hurts draft classes and the Carson Wentz draft classes. Is no comparison. But you know what? If you think about it, the last two years, Cam Jurgens is a decent player. We don't know really know what he is yet. I think he's good. I don't think I don't think he's Andre Dillard. Um, uh, let's see. Carter and Davis look like somebody. The other guys are projects. Nolan Smith's a, is on a milk carton somewhere. Yeah, he Every guy they've impact. drafted has been a project outside of Davis and Carter. Is that right? Mm, I started there. Everyone's been a project except for uh, that's that's a good last two years. Um, oh, in the last two years, two years, yes. Okay, okay, the last two years. Um, let's see, Jalen Carter. Mm, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Over the past two years, you drafted. Uh, 13 players. I'm sorry, I'll take that back. You drafted, um, let me see here, six, seven, uh, plus five. You drafted 12 players in the past two seasons. And, and you're getting only, production at really out of two. And out of two of them, yeah, out of that, only two of them are really making an immediate impact. Cam Jurgens can't stay on the field right now. He should be back, but he can't stay on the field. So Five ones. It's the same shit. This is the same shit. Hey, let me ask you this. After but let me three- but let me let me ask you this question though. What's the average hit rate on a draft for it to be consistent for it to be considered successful? It's based off of how many players you draft, right? Compared to how many they hit, right? Remember something, you're not looking for all pros, you're looking for starters. Right. And impact players that can play for you and rotation guys that can help you. Right. Okay. So um, if I draft, if I draft I, if you get three guys per draft. That can help your football team yearly. You're doing very well. Does that does that number three change depending on how many players you draft, or yes. it has to be three? No, because if you draft five and you get one, the averages are still in your favor because you just got less people to pick from. But you got you have to remember something, Tone. Also, it's the quality of pick. Here's what I would ask you: value, right? Value. Here, here's here. The first, second, and third rounders that they have drafted over the last couple of years is those are your, those are your premium. Okay, picks. okay, I'm glad you said that. Okay, um, those are the premium picks. Because I want to ask you something. Um, we all know. I think you and I both know. O lyman they don't reach their prime until about 
mid th- age, early thirties. Age 29, 30, Somewhere 31. There, early, yep, late right. 20s, early yeah. 30s. Sure. Right, so, all right, so let's just say guys don't hit the prime until between 28 and 32. Yep. Right? That's fair? Yep. So um, in the first, in their first three picks, the Philadelphia Eagles, the, for the first three picks in the 2023 and the 2022 draft, right? Think about their first three picks, regardless of round, because they, you know, they have more first rounders in certain rounds. So, but forget about the round. In their first three picks, in 2022, they drafted Jordan Davis, Cam Jurgens, and Nicobe Dean. I'm willing to argue that's a two out of three hit. Yeah, that's because good. because Cam Jurgens, even though he's battling a little bit of an injury bug right now, in the grand scheme of things, at age 28, 29, how good can he be? What do you think his ceiling is? I don't know yet. It may not be Kelsey, obviously, but do you think he can develop based on what we've seen? Because remember, we, we won't, also we won't, coach. also because we only seen him at right guard. He's going to be their center because of the coach. But you got, you're 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 missing one important thing here with those three men. Say those three men again. Also, oh, okay. So what I'll do is I'll give you the three from 2022 and the three from yeah. 2023. Give me, give me the top. Give me the so, three. So the top three picks in the last two drafts, 2022, you had Jordan Davis, Cam Jurgens, and Kobe Dean. Who was 20- the most important player of those three names that was going to be a signature person? Jordan that Davis. You we're going to count on the most. Jordan when Davis. It came to helping your defense the most. Who Jordan was Davis. going to help you? That's Jordan Davis. That's Jordan. And- De- no, that's Nicobe Dean. Nicobe. Oh, Dean, okay. I see. I see what you're saying. Okay. You're, t- you're talking about the linebacker position. To run the defense. Okay. See, I was confused. I didn't know you were talking about just the value of the player. The versus, quarterback is more valued than, say, Jordan Davis. Even though Jordan Davis may be a – I'm not saying he's better than Jalen. I'm saying sometimes you look at players and you look at just their athletic ability and you go, he's a defensive tackle. Well, one thing we know this about the Eagles, they're not going to pay $20 million, so they kind of value it. They'll pay for that position. But they're not going to go psycho. They That guy, N'Kobe Dean, was being counted on to come in and be a signature piece in the future of the defense, and he was supposed to be behind Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. They were supposed to create the new triangle that they had with Hardgrave and Cox and T.J. Edwards. Well, the they got the front line right, but they didn't right. get the back end right. They gambled. Right. They let the money walk out. The they let the money walk out. The they let the money rule them. No, I, I understand what you're saying, but remember, you know, we were talking about you know their ability to kind of. Fine talent, right? Okay. And Nicobe Dean was a miss so far. So far, that's a miss. No, but and, the other two, if you the, get but, I think the bigger issue the names, you're good. I lost you. Say it again. If, if, if I think Cam, I think Cam Jurgens is going to be a good football player, and right. David is somebody. So I think you hit on two of the three. I think that's a good ratio. Right, and then you go to 2023, Jalen Carter, Noah Smith, Tyler Steen. I think Tyler Steen is going to develop nicely. He has some tools. He has size. I like him. Then you have Jalen Carter, obviously. No, you know, no, nothing needs to be said about that. No. And then Noah Smith. What is he? So we're seeing because uh, we're seeing a trend here. The trend is they're missing at defense. They're missing on they're missing at defense, but also they're missing at the same position every single year. Every year. Linebacker. Linebackers. Linebacker. Right? Linebacker. They drafted Davion Taylor, linebacker. In the third round of 2020, miss. They drafted Nicobe Dean in 2022 in the third round. Still don't even know if he's good or bad. Can't stay on the field, right? And then Nolan Smith, they drafted him at the back end of the first round, 
linebacker, plays the edge, but they they don't know what they want to do with him. But he, on here, he's the linebacker. They don't know what he is yet. He, he may not be able to stay healthy because of the shoulder. So they habitually the, – the issue is not that they're not trying to find a linebacker. They keep missing. And they can't evaluate the position. Let me ask it, you this. Do you think last year was an anomaly for Howie and hitting on all those guys? Because this that's an, that's an anomaly for anybody. And, for, for, okay, for, because yeah, this year, yeah, for he's that not many on anybody that he's brought in. For yeah, think about that. That's how hard it is. Free agents, they're free agents for a reason most of the time. Like That's you, right. they're hard. Like it's hard to hit on those guys. Just how it is hard to hit on a draft. Because like, what a guy gave you in Arizona, he may not give you in Philadelphia or however you want to slice it. So, you know, they've they've they 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 really struck gold to, like they struck gold to a level last year to the point where if they had any missteps, it would be one of the biggest blunders in Eagles history. And guess what? They lost. To the, and they lost in the Super Bowl. We're going to look back many years from now and say, "Damn, we missed we missed the boat on that one." Again, I, I want to go back to the linebacker position because I think that is the crux of their defense and why they're not that good. You keep Dan. missing at the position. Dan Tone, this sounds eerily similar to the McNabb era. In what way? Missed opportunity. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. McNabb had, a, McNabb had a lot of them, though. McNabb had a lot of them. <laughs> but nonetheless, though, yeah, you're no, right. You know what? And I will say this. I do feel, and now I'm 30,000 feet above, and you were there more watching it every day. But to me, it seemed like he had more control of that organization than any quarterback that's been in the building in the last 24 years. You want to know why? Now, now we're really getting into some territory here real quick before we get our guy. Um, well, we have some time. Jason Cole doesn't come to 530, right? Yeah, yes. So listen to this. You said something. It seemed like he had the most control out of every quarterback in that organization. You want to know why? Because he was Jeffrey Lurie's first. Oh. Think about that. Oh, yes. He, he was Jeffrey Lurie's first, and you never forget your first. And you always let the first get away with more than the second. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And then you all, and, and then eventually, and then you start learning, and then you start defining. Okay, these are the qualities I want in my quarterback. These are the qualities that I don't. You know, Jalen Hurts is a very straight guy, straight narrow guy. You know what I mean? No nonsense. No, not not drama oriented. Not going to rock the boat as much as he can. Doesn't that fit better into what mm -hmm. Howard Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie would do versus mm -hmm. what Diamond McNabb did? Let me ask you this: They were young. They were a rookie. They had no idea what they were doing. I get it. They were, you know, so, so yeah, I think that's why it appeared McNabb had more influence and power at that time because you have a rookie head coach and, and um, you have a new head coach in Andy Reid still trying to prove himself. You got a new owner trying to prove himself as well. You got this quarterback. He's the only one with real equity because he was drafted in the first round. You know what I mean? Number one, number one overall. He was the big man on campus. You know what I mean? That's the guy that the owner is going to always look at like, hey, Donovan, what are, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? You know, he's his baby. It's a, it's it's different when you're 30 years removed or 23 years removed, yeah, 30 years removed from buying the team. And then all of a sudden, you look at the position differently and how you want that guy to act. Let me ask you this. Would you rather play for an asshole coach or would you rather play for a liar? I prefer honesty more than anything. So you'd rather play for Chip? I, I didn't like him at all. That was, that was rough. 
I didn't like him. Oh, but you liked the liar then? No, I didn't say that. I said I didn't <laughs> like Chip. <laughs> well, okay, I'm confused here now. I mean, it sounds like a it sounds like a Nick Sirianni press conference here. Would you rather play for an asshole or would you rather play for a liar? I'd rather for an asshole. Okay. Chip was an asshole. There's no question. His bedside manner was brutal. I'm not defending him. Mm -hmm. But I'd rather play for an asshole than a guy who's going to sit there and tell me one thing on a Monday, ask my entire team and my coaching staff to lie all week, and then do something completely disrespectful to people on Sunday, and then turn around and try to justify himself all week long by saying this. Hey, you know, we're doing the same shit as a year ago. It ain't us. It's the players. I mean, God, I mean, come on now, man. I also, I also don't want to play for a coach who's trying to play GM either. So No, I that never, was their mistake. Their mistake that, was not having so, – again, accountability is a problem with the Eagles. It's they either don't they, really have checks and balances. You know what it is? You know, if it's they either, would have checked Chip, it may have been the best thing on the planet for him. If they, You know what? Howie may have been a perfect general manager for, for Chip Kelly. He may have helped him. Be a better guy when it came to constructing well, deals. Well, 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 Chip's ego would never let that happen. So, okay, well, th yeah. th that's the owner's responsibility to exactly. parachute in, exactly. like Belichick and Brady, and parachute in and not worry more about control. Okay, remember, like I said, Lombardi or control. Lori's more concerned about control. He's not concerned about the Lombardi. That is a that's collateral success. Well, you know, once you get the Lombardi. It becomes less important to you once you get one. I think he always cared about it, but once you get one, you know, and, and you know, it doesn't shine. It doesn't shine as much as it used to, but you still got one. You know what I mean? I think now it's about status quo, trying to maintain. You know? Are you kidding me? If He's we got win, that if we Super win, Super Bowl trophy. He's got that Super Bowl trophy. You said right you, 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 you all the, but you said all the time though. It's the best, worst thing to happen to this organization. Oh, completely. And that's what I'm saying. Because there's no checks and balance. How he needs a president of an organization, but the problem would be, you know, what he would name his son. Mm -hmm. So it Julian. wouldn't be a true president. Yeah, it'll be. Um, it's one of those situations that you really got to monitor. And um, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about where this thing goes. But if I'm if I'm rolling a dice with anybody, I'm rolling a dice with Jalen Hurts. That's why, you know, with this Giants matchup coming up, you know, I'm rolling a dice on him. I'm betting on, I'm betting on Black. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> oh man, you know we always have to end it with this. Just wondering. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah, you know I don't want to upset too many people because. You know, Brady says something. He's a leader. Hurts at Sumber. He's angry quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Sorry, Tone. Oh, no, I didn't mean right. to go politically correct. No, no listen, because, like, you know, sometimes the truth sends shivers down to people. You know what I mean? Sometimes sometimes the truth hurts people. It's, it's, it's a little on. It's chilling. It's chilling. But, you know, it's the reality. I've seen it play out in real life. You know? 50 million reasons, too, not to really kind of rock the boat, too, a little bit. Hey, you listen, know, hey, I don't more, care if you're green, black, or white. Man. More, more, like more, bucks. more like 250. Re, 250 okay, million fair enough. More like 250 million dollars. Hey, I really don't give a shit who you look like. Hey, <laughs> 250 million dollars. I don't care what plays you call. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm good with that. <laughs> Tone, I appreciate it, my friend. Yes, sir, man. It's always good.
You got it. That is our good friend Tone for the segment each and every single day at 3.30. We appreciate him coming aboard with us. All right, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Trashberry. Woo, man. 49ers got your number, man. Dude, I think they want to get a piece of your ass in the NFC title game out in Santa Clara, too. They'll rip you a new one. They will rip you a new one. Don't worry. Your execution date is January 14th, the opening round of the playoffs. Don't worry. It'll be a, it'll be a quick death. Okay, you won't have to worry. <laughs> Head will come off clean like you're William Wallace. 
Okay, it'll, it'll be nice and clean. You won't have to worry about a couple hacks. Okay, won't be anything crazy. Just be a clean cutoff. Absolutely. Team ain't going anywhere. And watch this. Ah, we beat the Gigantes. Hey, we beat the Cardinals. You better hold. Hey, get this. Here's something you got to think about. How many people think you blow out the uh, Giants? How many people believe you blow out the Giants Sunday or Monday? How many people believe you blow them out? Jermaine goes, not me. Smart. Senor goes, the Eagles are 13 and a half point. Oh, man. Micah goes, I do. You just got beat by Drew. Is What's his name? Drew Locke? Drew Lockie? What's his name? Is it Drew Locke? Who beat you this past weekend? What's his name? Drew Locke? True lock through a game-winning TD pass against your $17 million corner. Drew Locke. It's a new week. No, it's not. Maybe a new week, same shit. You're fighting yourselves. Nick. Slash Bozo Sirianni. Mm. Don't worry. He'll be two and three soon. They'll start the parade of how fast before we get to blow this guy out. Look how far Jalen Hurts has fallen in the MVP race. How about this? A guy making $900,000 a year is the leading candidate at minus 200. With three games left to win the most valuable player award. Think of that. And come March, you're paying a guy $50 million. And you're paying. Jalen Hurts makes that a month. 900 grand. Shit, he makes more than that. 50 million a year? He makes about 3 million a month. Man. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Guy makes three million a month. This guy makes nine hundred grand a year. Nathan goes. No one cares. You should care, Nathan. It's the reason your defense is in shambles because you went shopping at the dollar store. Don't expect coordinators to be fixing anything when you have trash pails player at quarter or a linebacker, and you're expecting them to be Hugh Douglas. That's the problem you have. You're expecting these guys to be superstar players because why? They're all trash cans. We're running plays from Madden. I wish you ran plays from Madden. Honestly, I wish you ran plays from Madden. Brock Purdy's the most valuable player in the league. And he's not even the best player on his team. Dude. Brock, hey. Hey, how about this? If you are 30,000 feet looking down, 
John Lynch gave up three first rounders for Trey Lance. And if Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl at 900 grand, is that a wash? Is that a wash? Because of the money, too? Is that a wash? Think about that. You lost the you lost future of your franchise. Three first rounders. Man. Hey, who would you rather have as your quarterback right now? Brock Purdy and or Jalen? Just curious. Just just a off the cuff question. You think Brock Purdy – no, he couldn't run that offense because he'd have too many people from upstairs. Really, it's not a Jalen issue. It's an organizational issue. So I shouldn't say that because that's not fair because Jalen in San Francisco would be amazing. Probably Jalen would be everything Kyle Shanahan thought that Trey Lance would be if he had him in San Francisco. As a matter of fact, if this shit doesn't turn around for Jalen Hurts, boy, I'll tell you what, man, I don't know. But I'll tell you, San Francisco, that'd be a hell of a place for him because that's the kind of quarterback that they were looking for with Trey Lance, were they not? When they drafted Lance, they thought they were getting a guy that's going to play like Jalen Jalen Hurts. Right? Yeah. Wow. Could you imagine Jalen Hurts in San Francisco? He'd be unbelievable. Ayuk, Ebo, McCaffrey, phenomenal defense. And a contract that's structured to so you can keep all them dudes. Sign me up. Sign me up. Lamar Jackson second. Dak is third. How about Dak having a comeback year? He's now the top quarterback in the NFC East. McCaffrey's fourth in the MVP voting. Josh Allen is tied for fourth. Best quarterback in the NFL right now. Next to Purdy and him. Purdy and him. Uh, Lamar too. Those three guys. And are they electric? Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, and Lamar Jackson are just special. Joe Brady's done such a great job. Finally got some competent coordinators around him. Kudos to you, Buffalo, for doing the right thing. Unlike Hurts. Damn, where's Hurts on this list? Two of six. Oh, wait. Mahomes is fifth. At plus 2,500. Two of six at plus 2,800. And Jalen Hurts and Tyree Killer tied for seventh. At plus 3,000. <laughs> Two weeks ago, he was the leading candidate. Remember I told you? He doesn't look good in any of them games. Over. 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 I didn't get a chance to get to this the other the other day, and I want to get to it now. 
I want I've been I, I get asked because of the NFL alumni, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, coach of the year, and because of the NFL honors, I vote every year. I have for the last 20 years, maybe 18 years. And as we're going into week 16, here are the 10 coaches that I look at that have done the best job of coaching this year so far as we go down the stretch. How come I don't see the, I don't see Bozo on here? Hmm. At number 10, I got John Harbaugh. Maybe the most underappreciated coach in the National Football League is John Harbaugh, winner of a Super Bowl, constant pro. There's one thing that you can do that you'll always know that will be successful. What is that? Hire a Har hire Harbaugh. They always win. John or Jim, sign them. Draft them. Give them $20 million a year. Whatever it takes. But you have to see why a guy like John Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh would never fit in Philly. Why? The owner would be threatened. And so would the little guy, little Howie Roseman. He's not, yeah, little Howie Roseman. He, he would be threatened. 95% Doug, 5% Howie. <laughs> Think by the end of the program. This thing may be underwater for him. <laughs> Number nine. My favorite, one of my favorite coaches in the National Football League, Dougie Peterson, baby. Doug's going to win his second division title, changing a shitty culture around that has no history of success whatsoever. He's changing a quarterback around. Taking some bumps and bruises, but it's to be expected. It's the Jags. It's the Jags. We're not talking about Packers or Seattle or Pittsburgh, like stable organizations. Jacksonville's not a stable organization. But Doug's stabilizing it. It's completely stabilizing it. What a coach. Unbelievable. Massive mistake firing that guy. You should have kicked little Howie out of the building and left Doug in place. He might have won a Super Bowl. Or make both those guys have an arm wrestling contest and figure it out. That was the right thing to do. Like Jimmy Johnson and Jerry, they should have had an arm wrestling contest and figured it out. Like Belichick and Brady did for 20 years. There's no coincidence that Belichick and Brady figured it out for 20 years. They figured it out. Both guys have massive egos. Okay? Okay? Go get him, Dougie. Show that Super Bowl ring. You got it, my friend. Number eight, I think the job that Sean McVay, you can make the argument Sean McVay is the best coach in the NFC. You know, this guy's still the youngest coach in the NFC. I think he's 30. 
seven. He's got two NFC championships and a Super Bowl win. How incredible is that? I think he's 37 still. This guy's younger than your boy. Okay? He's younger than your boy. But you know what he does? Look at what Kevin Demoff and um, Les Snead do in in, uh, Los Angeles. The executives with the Rams. You know what they do? What do you want, Sean? He goes like this. Give me the most qualified coaches I could possibly hire. This guy's had Wade Phillips and Raheem Morris as his coordinators. You think he's putting in Sean Desai and then hiring a babysitter? Eh, That ain't happening. Eh. Hey, I got to find that out. How young is Sean McVay? He's still the youngest coach in the league. Sean McVay's age. Sean McVay is 37 years old. Who's the youngest head coach in the NFL? According to Sporting News, one, Sean McVay, Rams. When McVay was hired to take over the Rams, he became the youngest coach ever to be tabbed as the head man in charge. Six years. He's been there six years. He's 37. And you got Bozo Sirianni lying all week. Mm. This is probably going to be a shocker to you. Tone talked about him a little bit. If this thing plays out the way it is, kudos to Todd Bowles. Todd, you may have saved your job, man. They're fighting for the NFC South, albeit it's not a very good division. But you got Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. Okay? I mean... What a job by Todd Bowles riding the ship. It's a isn't Devin White out now? They got a boatload of injuries there in Tampa. Kudos to Todd Bowles, man. What a great coaching job he's done. Riding the ship. They're they're like 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 Tone said, they're a different looking football team. They are Bakers playing better football. I mean, really good. Okay. I'm going to go Kyle Shanahan at six. Kyle's really done a nice job this year coaching that team. He really has done a hell of a job. Hell of a job of coaching. Wonderful. Beat the living piss out of the Eagles. Beat the piss really out of everybody. Righted the ship after a three-game losing streak. Um, The whole Trey Lance disaster. He has made... Um, he, he has made Brock Purdy into one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, let alone the NFC. Tremendous. How about this one at five? I got Zach Taylor. Can you name me the quarterbacks that have been the quarterbacks for the Bengals this year? How are the Bengals... Eight and six. What? Who? 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 Who have been the quarterbacks? Joe Burrow and then who've been the quarterbacks there? I mean, 
What a great job of coaching. He's a very underrated coach. Senor goes Joe Burrow's average. Then what's Hurts? Jake Browning. Hey, that guy's looking like he's somebody. Jake Browning looks like he's somebody, man. He does. Imagine that in the process you found yourself. Ken, that's a great one, Death Row. Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. Can he finish the job? That will be, without a doubt, the number one thing that you've got to – that's what Kyle Shanahan is right now. That is that is clearly part of the conversation about Kyle Shanahan. Can he close the deal? I'll tell you this. There's more pressure on them than Philly to win the Super Bowl. They got to win it. Philly's melting down. The Cowboys can't be relied on on the road. Um you got to win it. Okay? Dan Campbell. Kneecap beater. Isn't it funny? Dan Campbell had a shitty press conference, and yet I like him. Nick Sirianni has a shitty press conference, and I think he's a clown. Bozo Sirianni. I got Shane Steichen, number three. You bet, man. I got old Shane. Number three. The true head coach of the Eagles. Hey, let me ask you this. Let's put this out there. Now, let me finish that. I got Kevin Stefanski, too. And I got D'Amico Ryans, number one, for the NFL coach of the year. Ryans, one. Stefanski two, Steichen three, Campbell four, Zach Taylor five, Shanahan six, Bowles seven, McVay eight, Peterson nine, and John Harbaugh number 10. Two I got there. Heck of a job. Great job, D'Amico Ryans. Okay. Let me ask you this. If Shane Steichen was still the head football coach, or, <laughs> excuse me, it's like talking about the vice president of the United States because sometimes they get that mixed up between Biden and Kamala Harris. So I kind of, you know, I, I get confused sometimes on that one too. So now that we know what's going on here, if Shane Steichen was still in the building with Jalen Hurts be evolving into being a quarterback that we saw last year. Oh, here, here, here's something that I, I, I do want to, I do want to say this. I have a guy in here going like this to me. Sills, your hate for the Eagles is incredible. I hate what you're doing to them. Yeah. I hate what your organization is doing to a 10 and four team. Absolutely. I hate it. You have too much talent. You're a good football team. The Giants, I don't know if they win. You can't win a press conference. How are you going to win a game? You can't even get out of your own way. Every day has been a train wreck since last Tuesday. I mean, what are you talking about here? Actually, for the last month and a half. What are you talking? When's the last time you won a game? 
When's the last time you won a press conference? When's the last time you won a game? When's the last time you looked decent? When's the last time you did anything decent? Hurts in overtime against the Bills. Yep. The last time you did anything in a month, decent. I mean, honestly, you can't even win a press conference. Every day, there's new intel. I can't believe the content you give big sales. I can't believe the content. Hey, and by the way, don't get mad at me because I'm pointing out you suck and your coach is a filthy liar. Don't get mad at me. By the way, I'm going to say it one more time. I don't blame Jalen Hurts. As far as I'm concerned, Jalen Hurts is off the hook. You guys are going to go, you're, you're not going hard on him? How can you go hard on somebody when you guys are systematically polluting the guy's offensive game plan? You're asking him to make more difficult throws than you did a year ago. He's not capable of doing that. You're not developing him. You're not helping him. You're putting him in a position to fail. You want him to be Josh Allen so bad, and he is far from it. <laughs> I'll take Josh Allen. He's a bum. Wrong. Better coaching. Look at Allen with better coaching. He's a superstar. He's 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 a superstar. Damn. Guy's killing it. Playoff picture. Let's see who you guys. Tone and I kind of went over this a little bit here. So the 49ers are the dominant team in the league, not just in the NFC. You're probably the third best team. I surely hope that you don't end up being below the Lions. Oh, but you are because the Lions are in the three hole right now. Still a chance you can win your division. Uh, there may be a shot you drop one of these games. Angelo thinks you're going to lose the game up in New York at the end of the year. Um, Ravens, that'll be some ball game. Two 11-3 teams playing this week. So the Dolphins, the Colts will play the Dolphins. The Chiefs. The Bengals will play the Chiefs. That could be interesting. And then the Browns would play the Jags in Jacksonville. Here's you guys. Cowboys, Rams. Rams go to Dallas, Arlington. That could be a tough game for Dallas, but Dallas is incredible at home. Then you'd have Vikings at Lions. Then the Bucks at Lincoln Financial against Philly. I don't know. You lost to Drew Locke. You lost to Drew Locke. This is how I think it goes. Dolphins beat the Colts. Chiefs beat the Bengals. Jags beat the Browns. 
So you would have Ravens hosting the Jags. And it would be Chiefs and Dolphins. Wow. That would look great. Cowboys beat the Rams at home. Lions beat the Vikings. Philly beats the Bucks. All right. So then the 49ers would host the Bucks. It'd be Bucks at 49ers. Philly. I'm assuming you're going to hold court Detroit. And that's where you get beat. Lions beat you. Lions beat you. Damn. Oof. Hey, man. We're going to reset here. Going to also look at week 16. There's a ton of, there's still a ton of, oh my God. Ton of top, hey. Ton of content. I watched a little bit more of that press conference with uh, Matt Patricia, and he was answering questions. I don't know if any of you have seen that. Okay, <laughs> I was. You have to go back and watch that thing. You really do. You have to go back and watch it. Power hours coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours too with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. 
Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. National Football Show, our friend, Jason Cole, NFL Hall of Fame voter, who's trying to make a case for Eric Allen, will join us at the bottom of the hour here. Man, I wish I had a coach like Mike Tomlin. Man! This guy laid right into George Pickens. He put that guy on total blast. He don't give a shit what you are. It's bigger than you, son. What a coach. What an absolute coach. What do you have in Philly? You got a cheerleader. You got a guy who lies. You got a guy who doesn't tell the truth. You got a guy who is a company man. You don't, you think you're Mike Tomlin? Are you, you really think you're Mike? Hey, let me ask you something. You think Mike Tomlin holds his players accountable? You think he needs anybody from management to come in and tell him how to tell, talk to his players? Do you know why they do things in Pittsburgh and why they have more Super Bowls than you? By far! You know why? There's only been three coaches since Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. You know why? There's a process there. But you know what the process is? We're management that helps you. We work for you to give you everything you need to be successful. In Philly, the coaches work for the organization. It's backwards. Pittsburgh is the gold standard. Mike Tomlin doesn't hate George Pickens. He just wants him to go along and understand that this is bigger than him. Calls him a work in process, right? That's what that guy does. He's such a great coach. My favorite coach in the NFL is him. I, I, I love Mike Tomlin. Now, I, I, I posted something on Twitter. His last decade hasn't been very good. He's missed the playoffs four times. And again, they're trying to go through the quarterback situation because they moved off of Ben Roethlisberger and the organization held on to him too long. That was a fundamental mistake that Pittsburgh is in right now. But the one thing that Mike has done, has he's taken care of his side of the ball. 
Okay? And know this. It's funny. All the idiotic media people, because they see Belichick not having success. Bill Belichick in the last 10 years, he's 12-3 and with three Super Bowl wins. And he's missed the playoffs two years in a row. And you're killing the guy. For a guy who in the last decade has won three Super Bowls, not even counting the other three. And he's 12 and three in the postseason. 12 and three. He had Brady. He drafted Brady. He's had a complete operations, football operations. He gets complete credit for everything. Do you understand that? Everything that happened in New England, he gets complete credit for. Bob Kraft signed checks. Okay? And the media is trying to go, oh, it's all Brady. (laughs) Okay. It's all Brady. He drafted him. Congratulations. I'm very glad that I could bring the greatest player in the history of the NFL into the league on our team. Well, you found him. We still found him. You get credit for it. You don't discredit it. You think the 49ers are going to not take the credit for finding Brock Purdy? (laughs) Well, you know, he fell in their lap. No shit. Well, what was Jalen Rager to you? He fell in your lap too. (laughs) Hey, Jalen Rager and Andre Dillard, those guys fell in your lap too, right? What's the difference? They fell in your lap, and they were first-rounders. They fell in your lap. And what, what's ironic about that is you had more players to select. So is it that you're going down to the best player available at the end of the draft? You had a total crew of great players to select from, and you failed. So when people start doing that and they're taking shots at Belichick, it's dumb. It's absolute dumb. (laughs) Right, you know, he, what about the other five quarterbacks he found that were all starters at one time? You know what? Belichick has done a better job of drafting quarterbacks in New England than you have ever in your entire franchise's history. In 20 years, what he's done, he has drafted more starting quarterbacks in the NFL that had multiple years. Some guys won division titles. Some guys went to Super Bowls. Two guys went to Super Bowls. Garoppolo and Brady. Matt Castle won a division title in Kansas City. Was never even a starter at USC. Imagine that he drafted him in the later round, too. So you landed on a guy who won a division title in Kansas City and won 11-5 and in New England. He never started. He played behind... Uh, Matt Liner and Car- um, Carson Palmer. He never started a down. <laughs> Jeff Garcia. I don't know if you drafted him or not. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Who 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 are the quarterbacks the little guys drafted? Let's see. Wentz, Hurts. Mm. 
I will here. Let me let me move off. Because believe me, by tomorrow there'll be more intel for Sirianni. Because I'm sure there'll be something else that they'll come up with tomorrow. I can't wait. You know, really, you don't really have to put your show together anyway anymore. All you have to do is just wait for the press conferences at the Novacare Center. You're either going to laugh, cry. I mean, I, I really can't wait. I don't know what's going to be said. Hey, by the way, you got a game this week? Tommy DeVito. You know, hey, I, I, I do want to hit on this before we get Jason Cole on here. Um, so 2023 should be dubbed the year of Aaron Rodgers. And if you're going to put a title on it, um, you're going to put a title on it that says the year is me. And I really hope Pat McAfee got his money's worth this year. Cause now this whole story of him, not playing him being hurt, him not playing him being hurt. This was like a spotlight on this guy. And it was just set up for his post-football life. That's what this was. It's so pathetic. It's pathetic. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this at you here about Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Brett Favre doesn't look like he is the most redeeming dude after what happened in the state of Mississippi, right? In 10 years from now, who do you think Packer fans are going to revere more? Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? Who do you think they'll revere more in Packer history? By the way, I'm not having a character conversation here with you. We're not inviting him to dinner. We're talking about a quarterback who played for the Packers. Try not to tie that in. has nothing to do with it. Because now you sound like the people who cover the media people or the cover the politicians. I don't give a shit what your personal feeling is about Favre. It plays no factor into the question I just asked you. None. Who will they revere as a Green Bay Packers starting quarterback? Not who the best man of the year is. Rodgers or Favre? Favre. This year's been all about him. It's been absolutely all about him, man. I mean, that's an organization that you're going to put. Here, here's something like I told you, and I've, I've told you this numerous times. This is one of the most incredible things about the Jets, which is insane. Think about it. They've only had one winning coach in the history of their franchise, Bill Parcells. One. Al Groh had one year. I think he was nine and seven. The 60-plus years, they've only had one real coach with multiple years. Not even Weeb Eubank, who coached the two most significant football games in pro football history. He won the two most significant games in the history of the league, Weeb Eubank. And not even he had a winning record with the Jets. Okay? Nobody nobody 
in the history of the National Football League has won two of the most significant football games in the history of the league. We Bank has. The 56 title game, we're over 70% of the country watched it for the first time. Um, a world championship game at Yankee Stadium. My uncle was in it. Giants and Colts. And Super Bowl three, when Namath upset the Colts. He coached both teams to wins. Okay? <laughs> Not even he has a winning record. That shows you how pathetic that franchise has been. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right. I want to look at week 16. Listen, guys, I'm not going to I'm not going to end the show continually going over this stuff with with the Eagles here. They they've made their bed. Here. You know, I probably should talk about the Giants a little bit. Do I think the Giants can beat them? Not really. But then again, I didn't th- Hey, what was Seattle favored by? What was Seattle favored by in that game this past Monday? What were they favored by? Were they double-digit? Were the Eagles double-digit favorites in that game against Seattle on Monday night? He had a backup quarterback in Drew Locke. I mean, I I can't imagine that that thing was close. Eagles three and a half? And the point spread here for this Giants game is 13 and a half? Wow, three and a half in Seattle. Man. Wow, 13 and a half. Thank you, senor. The point spread is 13 and a half with all the chaos. Four and a half. Wow, Tone. Let me ask you guys this. How about if he took the Giants in the 13 and a half? Would you be all right with that? You think the you think the Eagles are going to win by more than fourteen points on Monday Christmas? You think they're going to you think they're going to win by more than two touchdowns on Monday? A divisional opponent and all the shit that you've been going through. You might want to take that thirteen and a half, man, thirteen and a half. And now it is at home at Lincoln Financial. They end the season in New York. You might want to wait for that game. Okay. JoJo thinks that the Giants will lose by a point. If you lose by a point to that football team, you have a lot of answering to do. You better not look worse. And get this. You better not look worse on Christmas Day and get the win than you did in Seattle, and you lip to another win, man, is there going to be holy hell? Okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. See, look, look, the first time I'll address the guy, he's typed his little heart out. Opened his little wallet for us here during the holidays. Thank you, LJ. Happy holidays to you and happy eggnog. Why do I hate the Eagles so much? Easy. Why are you fucking this team up? Simple.
by screwing the team up. Dude, Matt, LJ, Bucks Rocks. <laughs> Ant Hill, please, I'm over here. Please, I'm over here. Top right. Top right. Yes, sir. You imagine being, hey, that's a good one, too. Come off a of Super Bowl and you look like shit the next year. Congratulations to you, guy. You're a fraud, too. Like your record. Hey, so wait a minute. Let me ask you this. What's more of a fraud? The 10 and 4 record or Nick? Or both? What is it? Mm. You guys ever see Braveheart? That guy gets his, uh, William Wallace gets his head chopped off. That's going to be the Eagles, January 14th. Damn. (laughs) Then you're going to quietly go into the night. Then they're going to put your football on a spit around London. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, sir. (laughs) Oh, man. This has been... Hey, hey, wait. can Can I do something here? Dear God, thank you very much for the content that Bozo Sirianni gave me the last two days and the last two weeks. I want to thank you during this holiday time because it's really refreshing to see when a team could absolutely destroy itself, who's had a really good year, and just destroy themselves. God, thank you. Um, It's really the show is on autopilot because of the way the Eagles do business. We We pray, and Kelly Green, thank you very much. And we we pray to our chief goddess, Bozo Sirianni. Merry Christmas. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Bozo Sirianni. And little Howie. (laughs) Mm. Okay. We'll talk about Saints and Rams tonight a little bit later after after we get our friend uh, Jason Cole on here. Saturday, two games, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. It's really an elimination game, isn't it? That's an elimination game. Pittsburgh has to win. Cincinnati really has to win. And then you have the Buffalo Bills versus a backup quarterback in the Chargers. That's a... Here, wait a minute. Is the Charger job a good job? You got Justin Herbert. They fired the GM. Man, that's perfect for Jim Harbaugh. That's perfect for Jim Harbaugh. I hope he gets that job. I do. That's a great call there, Barb. 
That's a true statement there because of the Spanos family. Absolutely. Josh Allen, dude. So Josh Allen's going to write the ship and that football team. Hey, man, looks like my bills are getting back in the Super Bowl, betcha. Oh, yeah. My, you remember my Super Bowl predictions? Cowboys and Bills? I'll still hang there. I'll still hang there. I'm good. I'm still good there. Sunday games. Indy Atlanta. Way to go, Shane Steichen. The, the coach that has been missed so much. I mean, what a what a great job of coaching. I'll tell you what, that Atlanta job, I'd be shocked if that coach down there survives. I think that's a pretty good job. You know what? I'll ask you this. If you're Justin Fields, don't you want to go there? He started his career at Georgia, too. I think he's an Athens guy. Or no, I think he's a Georgia guy. How about you going to um, Atlanta? He ain't going to win. He's not going to win in Chicago. He's just not. He needs to get his ass out of there for his career and for him to be a better guy in his career. He needs to get the hell out of there. Okay? Detroit at Minnesota. I think the Eagles are closer to being uh, Detroit than they are. And Minnesota's done a great job of coaching, too. They're still in the playoff hunt right now. They're still doing a nice job. They're in the playoff mix now. They really are. Um, Detroit's got to show me, though, they can win on a consistent basis. Especially now. You know, you're watching the Eagles implode on themselves and really urinate all over themselves. So if you're the Lions, you have full advantage of an opportunity to move ahead of them. Okay? Washington at the Jets. I don't care. Green Bay, Carolina. I don't care. Hey, one thing about Carolina, though. So let me ask you, right? You move up to get Bryce Young. You have the worst record in the league. Am I right? Chicago gets the number one overall pick because, oh, no. Is it Chicago that gets the number one overall pick? Who'd you trade that had the number one pick? Was it Chicago? Last year? You traded with Chicago, didn't you? So that you could move up to get Bryce Young? Is that the deal? Is that how that works? So wait a minute. You have the worst record in the league. You have a quarterback that you missed on maybe because here, one thing is for sure, Bryce Young don't look like C.J. Stroud. So you don't even get the benefit of your quarterback being promising in that whole dynamic. Whew. No wonder David Tepper's pissed off. You traded the number one overall pick. And you took Bryce Young. And I, I do. Bryce Young's a great looking college player. That is a huge swing and miss. 
that could be, again, that's the difference between a franchise being successful and a franchise not. You hit on Drew Brees in New Orleans. Dolphins went for Dante Culpepper. That was a failure. No, 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 no. Senor, that's not true. David Tepper wanted Bryce Young. Frank wanted C.J. Stroud. Not true. That's not true. That's why he was fired. Frank didn't want Bryce Young. He wanted a more sturdy quarterback and a bigger quarterback. That's not true. David Tepper, that's his pick. Frank wanted C.J. That's a fact. Frank wanted Stroud. He didn't want Bryce Young. Tepper picked him. Why would Tepper be mad if that was his pick? Senor, have you not been watching C.J. Stroud this year? Have you been watching Stroud and then watching Young? I mean, you might think that that's a little difference in talent. Right? Just a little. Cleveland-Houston. I don't think that Stroud, I think he's in concussion protocol. And that really hurts Houston's chances. They've had a great year. Cleveland's had an amazing year. What Kevin Stefanski has done. Really well-coached team. Really, they've turned that thing around. I've got to tell you this. Andrew Barry, congratulations. Hey, Andrew Barry, you know how to build a roster. You hired Jim Schwartz, who was in the building in Philly. Had to somehow come up with some bullshit that he retired. Now he's got the number one defense in the league. Because Tepper needs someone to blame. He can't stand to have a man in the building that told him Young was the wrong move. Reich is a reminder of Tepper's miss. That's why Frank isn't there. Where, in Philly? Oh, Carolina, Tone. Oh, Carolina. I thought I thought we were talking about another organization who acted like I, – I was, I was confused. Oh, no, you're right. Carolina. Tepper, Carolina. Please forgive me. Yeah, because, you know, the owner wanted something and, you know, the analytics guys. And I I just – thank you, Tone. I've, that's right, Carolina, not Philly. <laughs> Jacksonville and Tampa, the battle of I-4. <clears throat> I actually like this game. I actually will watch this game. The greatness of Dougie P. What could have been, Philly fans? What could have been? There's your boy. There's your Super Bowl winning coach. Him and Nick Foles will go down in infamy in Philadelphia sports history. No matter what he does, no matter what he says, no matter how well he coaches. And he's coaching his ass off there. Congratulations to you. Hey, Doug, bring home that AFC South for the second year in a row. You got to win that game there, son. Bucks are playing better. They're a different team, like Tone said. They sure are. But again, remember something. You're turning Jacksonville around. Jacksonville. Nobody in Jacksonville likes the Jags. It's Gator country. It's no country. 
It's bulldog country. Then it's Jags. I, I, I had this conversation numerous times with people. If you put tickets on the table in Jacksonville, Gator tickets, Jaguar ticket, they're not grabbing Jaguar tickets. Do you think in Philadelphia, if you put, sorry, Tone, Temple tickets and Eagle tickets, dude, that little pile of Temple tickets is going to stand there for a couple of weeks. Okay? You, 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 you could probably put the whole stack of Temple tickets on that desk. You could probably leave them there for the whole year. <laughs> and not move. Okay? That's not in Jacksonville. They'll take the Gator tickets. The Bulldog tickets. That's how that place rolls. Arizona, Chicago. Poof. Hey, do you move on from Justin Fields if you're the Bears? Do you? Hey, hey. Our friend in here just reminded me. Doug's on a three-game losing streak, is he? So is Bozo Sirianni. So is Bozo Sirianni coming off a Super Bowl. Hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. Look at how the NFL changes. So much from week to week. It, it, it really does. And the stuff that's melting down in Philadelphia right now, I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it's incredible on what you're getting from the coaching staff. The lies each week. One, Hey, on Tuesday, Sirianni's telling us that Sean Desai's my guy. We're good. Friday, he fires him. They don't take the title of D.C. away from him. They give it to Patricia as a play caller. Then he justifies that pass. And you go up to Seattle and you lay an egg against Drew Locke. You got things going on in Philly right now. That team's not trending well. And you got one team in San Francisco that's mauling teams. Dallas, 10 and 4. I got to hand it to, before I bring Jason Cole in, how about Jerry Jones? First time I've ever seen him not light something on fire. Hey, I really like our coaching staff this year. Just got your doorknobs blown off at boat race in Buffalo. Guy only threw 15 passes. Crazy. Let's bring our friend, Hall of Fame voter, Jason Cole in. My brother, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. What's going on? What team are you more surprised with right now in the NFC on how they're playing? Eagles, Cowboys, or Niners? Eagles. I mean, they're not very consistent. I thought this was a more physical team. Um, I sense panic uh, in the move with Desai to Patricia. Um because I also think, like, there's not a huge number of things that are wrong with them physically. Yeah, they're nicked up here and there. But it's not like they have gargantuan injuries where you sit there and go, okay, now I understand why this team is not playing well. 
So like when Buffalo lost, you know, Milano and, you know, three other guys and they were banged up for a while and you're like, okay, this is going to be a while before they get straightened out. Or the 49ers when they lost three in a row because Trent Williams was hurt and McCaffrey was banged up and Debo was banged up. And you're like, okay, I understand why that happens. I don't get it with the Eagles. I don't get it why they look this tired and slow. And granted, I think overall the game in Seattle they played was fine. They made a couple of, you know, they made a couple of tactical errors that cost them the game. But like I thought, the effort was much better than the previous two games. They didn't look beaten down. I'll say this to you, Jace. Um, first, here let me let me ask this question, then I'll ask a follow up to it. When you lose coordinators like that and you pay a guy $50 million and you bring in inexperienced coordinators like they have brought in, I mean, think about what they did with Desai. They hired Desai, and then three weeks later, they hired a babysitter and Matt Patricia at the beginning part of the season. Brian Johnson is not a play caller outside of college. You just gave this guy a boatload of money. 11 months ago, you were in the Super Bowl. And like you said, get this. I look at the numbers. Jalen Hurts is on pace for a career year. Swift is. A.J. Brown, and many numbers, Devontae Smith. What's the issue? How much do you think a play calling play caller changes? And when you look at Hurts, he's just not the same. Do you think that's a tactical mistake, that they didn't bring in a more qualified guy for Jalen Hurts? Yeah, although I will say this. There's, there's some mitigating factors when you have Hurts. Like, who's the best guy to have around him? Who understands how he plays best? And so there are some questions about that. And also, who does Sirianni like, note, and who does he trust? Because a lot of this comes down to, is there a guy I know how to communicate and a guy I know that I can trust to run my offense? So there are some things that go with that. But yeah, I'd rather have a guy who's been at the NFL level calling plays at the NFL level when I have a ready-made team that I think can compete for a Super Bowl. All of that said... Like, I thought they were fine early in the season. I thought their offensive play calling was okay. I thought that they've, they kind of hit a wall physically on the offensive side where they're just, not, they're just not controlling the line of scrimmage like they did the first six, eight games. They don't do that right now. On and both sides. don't control the line of scrimmage. Yeah, on but, both sides. I mean, particularly on both sides, but not really a lot on offense. But, yeah, it is both sides. And when you don't control the line and you're that type of team, they're they're a mauler physical team. When you don't dominate people on the line of scrimmage like that, when you're that style, you run into problems. Jace, the 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 changing and the transformation of Josh Allen in Buffalo, outside of Brock Purdy, this guy is a I mean, that's the guy we've been waiting for because think about the equity he builds in the building there. So Joe Brady, they go to him. Somehow he's convinced him. 15 passes they attempted. They only completed seven, and they blew out the Cowboys in Orchard Park. And I'm thinking to myself, the next time I get a game plan from Joe Brady, man, I don't have to throw the ball 50 times. I don't have to throw him in the tight windows. I just have to put my trust in him. It just shows you when you have Brian Dable or you have Joe Brady – somebody that understands how to win games and not just be a play caller. You, you look, look at the impact that it has on a player. Yeah, I, I, I get that a little bit, but I didn't think that Dorsey was all that bad. Okay. I thought that they panicked a little bit earlier. And also, you know, I'll give, I'll give Joe Brady credit for running 
a this one game where you know you know you're going against Dallas and you know the way to attack Dallas is to is to attack them especially when they're on the road because their defense doesn't play as fast on the road and you know the way to attack Micah Parsons is to go right at him all right so if you know those things you better play this way and you better go after him and yeah there are going to be a few games a year where you only run 15 passes but the NFL generally you got to throw more than that and so you better be ready to throw more for that and like I think it's about overall calming down Josh Allen so that he doesn't have to make Superman plays on every single play, that he picks his spots. And have they been a little bit better about that since Brady t- took over? Yes. But I think that's something that's cognizant within Josh Allen, knowing that he got somebody fired because he wasn't listening. And now it's like they're – don't don't have people start pointing the finger at you when they were now pro- pointing it at the offensive coordinator. Jason, is this the best 49er team since the Walsh teams? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the the, the second Seifert team with it run, won it with Steve Young. That's a pretty strong group there. And even yep. the second the, – the first Seifert team that was coming back after – after Walsh retired, would they go 15 and one or something yeah, like that? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few teams in there um, with the 49ers that are pretty strong. Even the Kaepernick team was pretty good. Kaepernick with team is particularly on defense. That's a vastly underrated defensive team I mean, with Willis and uh, Justin Smith. And those guys, like those guys could brawl with anybody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this team is pretty tough. Um, now they live a little bit on the edge because they don't have depth on the offensive line. You know, they have the same issues that everybody has. I think that it's a very precarious drop for them if they lose Trent Williams. So they're just crossing their fingers every single play with Trent Williams while at the same time realizing don't, don't take your foot off the pedal. Don't do what you did. Don't, don't do what your dad did in 96 with that Broncos team. Like Mike Shanahan learned a tough lesson when he took the, his foot off the pedal the, in late season in that, in that year and wasted a year. Um, and they had, had to do a lot to get it back those next two years. Do you think this is a precursor to the Super Bowl this weekend with Ravens and Niners? Uh, I am with the 49ers. I'm not as convinced with the Ravens. I, look, the Ravens are a nice story. And I think I've said this before to you. If ever the Ravens are going to win a Super Bowl, with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. This is the perfect formula. Very stout defense where you don't ask him to have to make a 1,000 plays during the game. And you limit the number of times that you put him in third and six, third and seven, third and eight, where he doesn't have to convert a bunch of you know, high leverage passes, for, for lack of a better term. I know that's kind of a baseball term that I'm throwing in there, but people understand. So if you're able to do that with Lamar, and that way he has he, he's going to come up with a lot of big plays but the, but it's still a high wire act okay and the more hot difficult plays that you ask him to make the more you're likely it's not going to succeed cuz again he's never going to be the greatest pure thrower he is a much better thrower and developed monumentally since his first year in the league when they refused to throw it with him but he's not a drop back let's fit it in on the on a seam 
on you know on a one two three here it goes. That's not who he is, and that's never who he's going to be. Are you buying Mike Tomlin's on the hot seat in Pittsburgh? Not really. It's not their style. Just, I, I mean, three I coaches since '69, and they're going through a transformation. And would you not agree, Jace? They're probably their biggest mistake in the last ten years was hanging on to Roethlisberger too long, and not making uh, that transition. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. So it's always a tough one. I mean, they did the same thing with Bradshaw, right? Yeah, it took forever, and it, it they they didn't let go of Bradshaw when it was all banged up. They ran wrote it out until the end and then they suffered for the i guess you'd call it the mark malone <laughs> era you know who was tommy maddox was in there for a little while too i mean there's there's a lot of slugs in there man until they got the roethlisberger and i don't blame teams for hanging on to, to guys who are transcendent talents that's just that's the way it goes you see if they can get the magic back for a year or two um but look mike is under pressure for himself he set a high standard for himself and He's the guy who picked Matt Canada. Like, you know, Mike, I, I would just look at him and say, Mike, you got to get more modernized in your offense. You have weapons. You have guys who can play. Yeah, I would probably drop George Pickens because I don't like the distraction, but he believes that somehow in some way he believes in his head that he can get to, to Pickens. He's going to be the guy to turn around because he did it with Antonio Brown for a while. You know, the problem was Antonio Brown was desperate Pickens is not desperate. Um, so he doesn't have the same leverage on the kid. But, look, I trust in Mike Tomlin. And I just think it's the antithesis of how the Steelers do business to say that they're just going to fire Mike Tomlin. He's on the hot seat. They will allow him to make a transition. Yeah, I know that Art Rooney II is not the same guy as his dad, Dan. But they, they react to situations very similarly. So what? You're not a big Bubby Brister guy? I mean, holy cow! Man. Lo I mean lo no, no, no. I love me some Bubby Brister, man. That guy, that guy can tell a story now. He can tell a story. <laughs> he now, sure throw can. A throw, throw a football. Okay. <laughs> How big is this Dallas Miami? Who's it bigger for, Dallas or Miami? This game in South Florida this week. I think it's look. I think it's huge for both teams. I don't know that you can measure it. Dallas has proved that they can win on the road in a hostile environment going into the playoffs. The Dolphins need to prove that they can beat a good team going into the playoffs. So one way or the other, the loser of this one's going to be left with some serious doubt, right? And you don't want to have doubt going into the playoffs. But one way or the other, um, the loser comes out of this in a really bad mental state, in my view. Um, and that's... <laughs> as not the ascending way you want to go in the playoffs. And both of them can get to the Super Bowl. I just don't trust them. That's all. Is this a $50 million game for Tua? No, he's made his money already. What are you going to do? I mean, like, I, I Are you going to pay gonna him the highest paid salary in the league? What's my alternative? So you're going to overpay for a guy who's not value. What's my alternative? 
Clail lemon. Oh yeah, I know, I know. I know. They, they, they're just they're just growing on trees, finding quarterbacks. So easy to do. Like you, good guy, guy can play. Nah, we can upgrade. We can do better. We can do what the Chargers did at one point in time when they had you know Drew Brees and we got Philip. Oh, that's easy to do. No problem at all. Yeah, you're the Dolphins. You didn't like. You just found quarterback after quarterback after Dan Marino retired. You didn't struggle at all for 25 years waiting to get to Tua, right? 20, well, not 25, but close to 25 years between quarterbacks. You want to go back and do that all over again? No. You want to go back to Cleo Lemon? You want Chad Pennington? I I love Chad Pennington. Do you want to do that again? No. Do you want want to go back to Chad? No, thank you. Chad Chad Henney, like, can we do all this? No. No. Okay, where do I sign the check? Where do I sign? Final question. That's how I do it. Who do you have more faith in in the postseason, the Lions or the Cowboys? Wow. <laughs> the Cowboy, the Cowboys have guys who can. But what does that pain you to say that? Because I don't believe in either one of them. I don't. <laughs> I look. I I I believe in the style of play that the Lions are playing given that it's different and that I like the talent up front, okay? I don't believe that their defense is good enough on a regular basis, so I don't trust them from that perspective. The Cowboys can't win on the road, right? They have this giant Achilles heel. They've lost, and they've their, their road victories are hot garbage. Like, there's nothing in their, that resume that tells me they can go on the road at all. But I got Dak Prescott and McCarthy versus Jared Goff and Campbell. I'll take McCarthy, who's won a Super Bowl, and Dak Prescott, who's up until last week was having a career year. I'll take that over Detroit, which I think is still ascending. Okay. Jace, what are you doing for Christmas? I'm just hanging, dude. Playing it nice and easy, you know. That's all. Big, that's, you got a big dinner. Well, right? My my wife and her family they come over and they do this enchilada thing, Christmas enchiladas, and they just do the whole assembly line, and I just sit back and I watch. And my ties too. It's a it's a good it's a whatever I want. <laughs> we may we may blend we may if, if it's enchiladas, it's probably going to be some margaritas that I put in the Vitamix. It'll be a beautiful thing. There you Absolutely. go. Throw, throw, throw a little, uh, yeah, yeah. Still here. Throw Make sure a little you go on Amazon okay. during the holidays. Um, it is with Tom Brady Sr. So make sure you do that during this holiday time. He's so kind to us all the time, and we really appreciate his insight. Jace, happy holidays to you, my friend. I love you very much. And to your family and you, um, have, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, my friend. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, dude. Take care. You too. God bless. All right, guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now, Hooters gifts are always favored.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. tonight saints who are still in the race in the nfc south or the rams i think the rams are playing great ball right now okay i think they're playing great ball so i would say to you here let's see here rams are in the seven hole and new orleans is right there with the buccaneers so for me I'm saying Rams, where is this game? It's in Los Angeles tonight. It's at So High Stadium. I got Rams tonight. And that Puka Nakua kid, I got the Rams tonight. I think 28-17 tonight. Four and a half, I got the Rams tonight. I think that football team wins that game tonight. I do. Um. I, I, McVeigh is such a great coach. Okay. Okay. Buck channel. When do we talk bucks? What, because I played there? I don't. <laughs> Thanks, Barb. I appreciate it. You guys have been absolutely spectacular. I appreciate everybody coming aboard today. Big Seal's a little under the weather. It's all good. We want to wish everybody as you get closer to Christmas, happy holidays to you. We absolutely. Thanks so much, you guys. All you have to do is please hit the like button. Thank you again. We appreciate it. And God bless you guys so much. Thank you again. It should be interesting. Hey, by the way, yes or no, do we see more content tomorrow? God, I hope not. I hope we start talking. Hey, tomorrow's Friday. Can we talk Giants? Can we talk Giants? Xander, Big Joe, thank you. Tone, you were absolutely great. Thank you so much. And should be a, a fairly decent game tonight. Two to six tomorrow. We'll see you. Have yourself a great one. And we shall see you on the flip side. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. 
This year, stuff their stockings and yours too with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdogs. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.